Derek and Mike podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. Hit us up on Twitter at Derek and Mike Pod. We're on Instagram as Derek and Mike, or on our website DerekandMike.com. My name is Mike. This is my boy Derek. What's up, Mike? What's up, everybody? Derek, I am constantly impressed by the geniusness. I don't know if that's a word, or the ingenuity, or the the brilliance of humans. Humans are. We're amazing. We're super smart, collectively as a people, right? Um, yeah. We do incredible things like, uh, you know, send tourists on joy rides to the moon, um, nanotechnology, microchips, like incredibly brilliant, brilliant things. But at the same time, we're also like still super stupid in a lot of ways. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I was frustratingly reminded by one of these um, stupid ways recently where uh, the whole family was sleeping. Uh, I was like, I think it was like two 30 or three o'clock in the morning. And um, all of a sudden I heard chirp and I'm like, Oh no. One of my oh. smoke alarms decided it needs a new battery at two 30 in the morning. And chirps loud as hell and i'm afraid it's going to wake up the kids because that is definitely not something i want to happen right um but uh i'm like oh no and i can't just go back to bed and ignore it because like every two minutes exactly or whatever that this thing's just going to keep on chirping and wake up the entire house Uh um great so i'll wake up at 2 30 go shuffle down to the garage in my underwear half asleep and and grab a ladder and uh, uh, get a new 9-volt battery out of the workbench. Okay, so I got my battery, I got my ladder, and then I'm going to embark on the stupid part of this chore, uh, walking around my entire house, listening for the chirp every two minutes to try to decipher or try to detect which of these smoke detectors is, uh, is in need of a battery. Right. And what kind of a ridiculous design is this where we can't even have some kind of an indicator light on the smoke detector that says, hey, I'm the one that needs a battery, so I can visually walk around, look at all 400 of my smoke detectors, and say, oh, okay, the one in the uh, playroom is the one that needs a battery. No, there's no visual indicator light on these things. They just make a loud-ass, shrill, baby-waking-up noise every two minutes, and I get to walk around listening like... uh, like a dog trying to find a fucking mouse or something. And uh, that's that's what I'm doing at 2.30 in the morning, is just wandering around, waiting to listen for audible location of a smoke detector that needs a battery every two minutes. And it took a while. Yeah, I've, I've run into that too before. I don't think I have nearly as big a house as you do. But yeah, I've I've had to like go and listen and be like, okay, which one is that bitch? So you think you got um, it, right? You hear a chirp and you're like, oh, it's that one over there in the hall. And you go walk under it and you stand there and you stare up at it as if staring at it is going to help at all. You just stare at this thing for like two minutes. And you start to kind of like your brain kind of wanders and you start like, oh, man, what am I doing? Oh, what am I going to do for what am I going to do for breakfast this morning? What should I do? And chirp. Oh, was it? Was it the one I'm standing under and looking at? No, now it sounded like it's further down the hall or in a different room. And then you go stand under that one and stare at it for two minutes. And then eventually, 
uh, you figure out which one it is because as you're staring at it, you're so close, it's so loud, it's like, oh, God, this is the one that needs a battery. And uh, um, that always takes me several tries. Um, my house isn't that big, but I've got a lot of rooms and a smoke detector in every room. And, and uh, yeah, dude, it's crazy that there's just not a stupid red light on it that says, like, hey, I'm the one that needs a battery. What kind of ridiculous crap is this? Is the joke well, they on do us? Have... They doing this no, on purpose? I, I agree with you. I they do have a light though, right? There is a light, but it's not just not utilized by like making it. It yeah, um, it does have a little light that basically just says like, "Hey, I'm functioning. I'm plugged in. I'm I'm on." But the light doesn't change when it's low on the battery and it's the one beeping. There is no visual yeah. indicator, at least on mine. Do I have shitty smoke detectors or something? Does yours have a light that says, "Hey, I'm the one that needs a battery?" Uh, I don't think so, no, but you're right. Yeah, it should start blinking like every 10 seconds maybe instead of like every one minute. Or, I you mean, know, because... Or just, uh, yeah, come on, give me some goddamn like indicator here. Like just kind of like turn the light off or make it blink or something so I'm not running around my house at 2.30 in my underwear carrying a ladder listening for a chirp every two minutes. It's ridiculous. Yeah, this is a programming um, gaff right here. This would be solved like if you had a competent, more competent programmers that program the um, what is it called? Firmware? Yeah, it's firmware because you know it's not really software. You don't have like an operating system running in your smoke detector, but you have basically a hardwired program that's like etched into circuits that is unchangeable. Um, but to but to do something like that, you would have to, you know, you might need another chip or something, you know, potentially. Well, like Probably even, not. Even computer mice uh, has this. So, you know, you put a new battery in your wireless mouse and it shows like a little green light for months and months. And then eventually it starts to turn, it turns red or blinks or whatever and tells you, oh, my mouse needs a new battery. It never chirps. It never wakes up my babies. It just has a little indicator light that says, hey, you're going to want to change my battery. Um, I'm, I'm running low. I'm still functioning. I'm still fine. I'm not waking your babies up, but I'm going to need a new battery when you get a chance. And I do it. I give my mouse a new battery. The system works. Well, for safety purposes, they've got to do the trip, right? I mean, we're talking about life and death situation where they're going to get sued their pants off. Totally. If they don't incorporate a chirp so, into a malfunctioning. I'm cool with the attack. chirp because, you know, I don't want my whole family to die in a, in a structure fire. Um, so cool with the chirp. But once I hear one chirp, I'm on it, dude. I'm out of bed. I'm running around. And by the way, it always happens in the middle of the night. This never happens at like 3 p.m. when I'm already up and, and uh, you know, I have pants on. This is always barefoot in my underwear, 2 o'clock in the morning, walking around a, a pitch black house, um, listening for chirps. Uh, I like the chirp. I'm cool with that. But I just need some visual indicator so I can run around the house real quick within that two minutes and visually identify which of these stupid smoke detectors is the one I need to fix. Yeah, th it totally could be uh, fixed here. I mean, I do think be? it's a programming issue. I don't think it would take any more um, electricity because that's the other thing too that no. you got to think about is like, is the change in the program that you're creating, is it going to consume any more electricity? There's uh, already a light on it. Super. It's already well, got there's, a light. There's a light. Like, make it there's blink. a light on it, but it's a very weak light, right? Yeah, yeah. It's I a mean, tiny it's little, a yeah, super, it's like one of those. Super weak light. Um, it, it takes like the smallest amount of electricity sure. Um, because you, because if it does have to fall back to battery backup, I don't know if yours are hard, hardwired. They are. Not, yeah. Yeah. But if it does have to fall back, then it has to survive on that for as long as possible. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I can barely make, 
make a, an argument for the decision not to do that. But yeah, I, I think it would just be like, okay, you've did, you've already flipped a flag that has detected a low battery. I would argue um, that the chirp is eating more electricity than a tiny indicator light that's already there. Yeah, I think you're right. That has mm-hmm. to be, right? right? To make a sound, yeah. especially a, yeah. a ear-piercing sound like that every two minutes, that has to use some amount of juice. Even, yep. okay, so uh, juice cons- conservation uh, in mind, give me a smoke detector uh, detector that takes two batteries. I'll buy twice the 9-volt batteries to supply them all with double the power they currently have just to give me a visual indicator light. So do you think this is worthy of uh, creating a product where we advertise it as, well, when this runs out, it will not chirp at 3 a.m. Instead, my hope, it will wait oh, until 8 a.m. And imagine this. And imagine one that actually <laughs> knew what time it was, like had a clock built into it, like my microwave, my coffee maker, fucking everything has a, co- a clock built into it. If it knew what time it was and just decided to do this within the, uh, you know, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. time frame, that would be an incredible feature. I'm not even asking for that. Just identify yourself. Show me who you are. Raise your hand. Tell me that you're the one that needs a battery. Uh, spare me the indignity of running around the house in my underwear listening for chirps uh, in the middle of the night. So we create a new uh, fire detector and yeah. we say, this will alert you on your smartphone when it's out of oh dude now you're just getting fancy like that's that's where we should be we should be there all this smart home shit and all that like oh i can open my garage door and turn on my lights and my refrigerator tells me when i'm out of milk but my fucking smoke detectors won't tell me which one needs a battery like what is going on dude well i I can say, I don't, I think that the smarter you get, sometimes the stupider you get and the more uh, error prone you get to. So Um, I'm not, you know. Dude, I I mean, I certainly have stupid smoke detectors. They are far from smart smoke detectors. Um, Well, well, you have an alarm system. You you actually could get smoke detectors that tie into your alarm system. Yeah, dude. Uh, I have one that does that. Okay, so totally. Like, I could um, smarten my house up in a lot of ways. Um, and all that, that exists. And I'm, and I'm sure there's some rad new product out there and all that. I guess where I'm at with it is smoke detectors are required. Um, so we all just get the most basic smoke detectors that meet the code requirements, right? Yeah. Even those cheapest, most basic automatically come with any house or apartment you buy or rent. Those smoke detectors should have an indicator light that says, I'm the one that needs a battery. And then that should be like the baseline. That's the starting point of stupid smoke detectors. They should be at least smart enough to identify themselves. And then from there, we can have all these rad new features we've thought of, of, you know, uh, time limits between only waking hours or, you know, telling my smartphone or sending me an update or syncing with my home, my smart home Nest system or whatever. Like, all that's rad. But the baseline should still be have an indicator light that says I'm the one that needs a battery. I, I mean, I agree. I think it's a it's a gaffe that uh, could have been repaired. And the other thing, too, is I don't know if you've ever had a smoke detector go off mm-hmm. before and, like, when you weren't home. I have one that oh, is— Oh, yeah, like when you um, burn toast or something or <laughs> start a fire in the kitchen. Yeah, well, well, even worse, I have one that I put, like, over a bathroom door. And it's not a bathroom door that has a shower in it, but still, I guess there seems to be enough humidity. Sometimes it comes out of that thing, I don't know, from evaporation of the toilet or— when I took a dump, 
Um, <laughs> could it could be? But, Maybe uh, it's just screaming for help. It's like, no, he blew up the bathroom again. Ah, that's just this, its cry this motherfucker. Of pain. Will, it will go off. It will start sounding the alarm like like at one a.m. sometimes, and I jump up out of bed. And it probably takes about five years off my life every time this happens. <laughs> I know it's shocking, and it should be, I suppose, but still. Yeah, jump up out of bed, and then I go and I run and I hit the button, and then, um, you know, after you hit the button, there's no, there is no indication like, oh, I just went off and you just stopped me, or you know, you you kind of have to look because it's both a fire and a carbon monoxide detector. So right. what? I, so I'm like, well, shit, is this is it going off because of carbon monoxide? Yeah. So I have a carbon monoxide uh, detector here in in my man cave, which I because I was trying to troubleshoot it. So I took that up and I put it next to uh, where my fire detector is because it's not like a clear indication of which one went off even. It's just like, something's wrong. You're like, oh, thank you, smoke detector. What is wrong? Yeah, it does have two LEDs. One is supposed to be smoke and the other one's supposed to be carbon monoxide. I don't know if they're the same or different color or what, but like... It, there really wasn't like a clear indication of why it went off so much. So that's what? why I had to take that up there. A useless device. Like you had to buy another device just to find out why this device is alerting you. I mean, its whole job yeah. is just to be like, danger, something's wrong, something's wrong. I'm not going to tell you what, but something's wrong. So, like what, what kind of nonsense is that? Yeah, I, I feel like the programmers for this, for these smoke detectors probably don't have them in their house. Uh, you know but what they I have mean? to. I it's like a requirement, like a, right? There are, are they required everywhere? Is that a California thing or are smoke detectors like federally? Oh yeah, no. Everybody need you need uh, okay. a smoke detector in every room. So no, why don't no. they? Oh, man, fuck the people who make smoke detectors. Um, why are you listening, people? Ah, uh, dude, you guys over at Kitty, fucking big detector is just over there, like just laughing at us, you know, just going ha ha ha. They're making <laughs> they're making all this government mandated money, and they just refuse to add an indicator light in their design. But what even bugs me more is, you know, they're constantly upgrading their design because I've had old smoke detectors that look like, you know, that look like a '60s version of a spaceship. And now the newer ones are much more sleek, a little more compact. They also incorporate carbon monoxide detection, although they won't tell you if that's what they're detecting, but it's included in there. Um, so they are creating new versions and upgrading the design and and improving. But is there no one in the boardroom of improvement brain brain uh, storming that, that says like, hey, uh, maybe we should let people know like which of these deadly disasters is occurring in the home at the time of alert? You know, and it was like, shut up, Steve. No one cares what you think. As long as it just makes a noise. If anything of these, if any of these things happen, uh, that suffices. Then the people have been properly alerted and we're free of any liability. We don't care if they actually know if they're going to die silently of carbon monoxide poison or burn to death in a raging inferno. We don't care. We just want to make sure the alarm goes off and we can check that box. Yeah, I would love to spend maybe a day um, punching them actually, in the face I, all day. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that would be a wonderful day spent. I would do that. We should find them. We should uh, find and interview that person. Let's let's look for the programmer of uh, smoke detectors, and we'll sit them down and ask them some questions. Oh, you don't know any? I know like four that I can name right off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally, he doesn't know that he'll be in the hot seat where we're like, hey, we're so excited to interview you. We're really interested in your line of work. We'd love to talk to you. I'd love to learn more about what you do. And then he comes on. We're just like, fuck you. Fuck you and your fucking job. I hate you. It would just be a huge verbal assault for the entire time. 
yeah, now get out of here. Yeah. We don't want to talk to you anymore. And at the end, Just take our verbal bashing and hey, move it along. Thanks so much to our guest, uh, Pete, from the uh, fine folks over at XYZ Fire Detection Company. Uh, they're really doing the Lord's work over there. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I don't get it. I hate it. And uh, I'm bound to do it again. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's something that's been bugging me. I feel good. That's off my chest now. I've uh, I've dumped all my smoke detection anger um, onto you, Derek. Thank you. Oh, you know, mine still goes off, and it's it's right above the bathroom, and it's completely you know you have no idea when it's going to go off. So that and, <laughs> it, and it usually is at night. Like it'll be like in the middle of the night, and Esme's asleep. She sleeps through the mofo. Like so that that doesn't you know comfort me that much either. Yeah, because you're not supposed to be able to sleep through fire. No, uh, you're supposed to like you like know that, but... get out and run. Uh, but you're the only one who's who's being who's uh, who's waking up when it goes off, huh? Wife stays asleep. Daughter stays asleep. Oh yeah. Well, well, the wife has like just unlimited fans and noise machines noise makers going off in our house i think you know we could have like a, a group of vikings like inside our living room and uh, she she wouldn't even be alarmed at all but um yeah i i jump up i mean and i don't know if you know that like emergency type jump up where uh, if you were to measure the time duration between you laying flat in bed completely comfortable without a care in the world to standing like uh, right outside your bed, like it's probably about five milliseconds where I'm just like, bam. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, I'm just right there. Oh and yeah. I'm running. Yeah. Like you're not really yeah. even awake yet. Your body just viscerally responds and springs up into action and your brain is just like, what, what, what's going on? But your body is like in full motion running, uh, full like alert mode. Yeah. 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 It's pretty crazy, dude. Jump up and then I hit the button and then I'm like, and I look and then, my daughter's still asleep. So I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, happens multiple times, but, you know, um, I don't know. She's a, a deep sleeper like me. Um, what? So yours actually goes off. Like, mine's just a low battery alert, but yours literally goes off and then stops, and there's no reason for it? It's a false alarm, yeah. yeah Maybe I'm, you need I'm a new one. Have you replaced oh. it? Yeah, I got to replace it. The thing is, it's going to, like... Uh, I need to move it, and then I have to I would have to paint that spot again. Um, it is a battery powered one, so I can move it. Oh, but you know, well, I wouldn't move Couldn't it. Could you just, just remove it and then put a new safe. one like in the same spot? Um, I could do that, but I feel like it's the spot that it's in that's causing it to do that. But so, like, that... I would just move it to a different location just to be safer. But they're not supposed to be detecting like shower steam or poop smell. Like it's just supposed to be smoke or carbon monoxide, right? Ooh, maybe it's like a methane detector. And when you take a giant <laughs> dump, it's detecting vast amounts of methane emanating up from the bathroom door. Well, I I read about this before and they said it's like when there's changes in humidity something what? like that uh oh it's like everybody yeah, up then, run from the home it's kind of humid like oh great thank you useless annoying terrible device yeah and you know of course they gotta err on the the side of caution you live in the fucking but, south and this thing goes off when it's humid like if, i'm surprised it ever stops well i think it's probably a change in humidity where like the room humidity is a certain amount and then just because of a bathroom this is sitting right above a bathroom door yeah and there's water in there and you know you're you can't help evaporation and it's going to evaporate and cause sure a difference in humidity to 
totally be detected by the smoke detector and i think that's that's really the problem i totally understand yeah the atmospheric changes that occur when you have water in your home but why is this fucking life-saving or 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 supposed to be a life-saving device uh setting off an alarm because it's detecting a little bit of a humidity change like that's not what it's designed to do now i want to punch this stupid detector programmer in the face for maybe two days straight i don't think one day is going to be enough yeah let's get him let's uh Gang up on. Let's get him. Get him. Get him. He woke me up at 2 a.m. because it's humid. What is your thought about this? Don't you uh don't you guys think about this over at your like yeah, don't you have R and D? Do you ever have meetings where you discuss the proper or best functionality of the product that you create? Like, hey, we make this thing. Maybe we should make it work. Uh yeah, maybe maybe that's an idea. Are they thinking about it at all, or are they all just sitting on a beach somewhere? Uh, drinking Mai Tais, laughing at us because we're, like, forced to buy their product and they just make it really badly and they don't care. I bet they don't even have those smoke detectors in their house. They probably have, like, some... They probably have good ones. Some better smoke detector. And they're like, <sighs> yeah, we we prefer these smoke detectors over here, but we'll make these for the common people. Yeah, the, these ones here that detect humidity in the South and that won't tell you when they need a new battery. Uh, now I'm just mad. I was feeling better. I felt like I got it off my chest, but your smoke detector makes me more mad than my own smoke detector. <laughs> and mine makes me really mad. I want to come to your house and just punch your smoke detector for you. Yeah, I mean, in the documentation, though, it does say don't hang it above a well, uh, bathroom door. So you've, re- so you've, like, you've read about it. You've read the documentation. Yep. You've done everything but just buy a new one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I have. It, yep. All right. I'm living in purgatory right now. Man. All right. Yep. Well, uh, I guess I haven't done anything either. Uh, I hate my smoke detectors because they need a battery and don't tell me which one. And I'm sure better smoke detectors exist, but I don't know. That's like a fucking whole weekend worth of work, man. Going to Home Depot, buying all these smoke exactly. detectors, yeah, climbing I, a ladder, replacing them all. Yeah, that's why I haven't changed. I mean, I got so many better things to do than deal with this uh, a little bit highly more sensitive uh, smoke detector. Granted, I do need to replace it. It is. How often uh, does this thing just decide to go off in the middle of the night? Uh, once a month. <laughs> That's pretty often. <laughs> About once a month, I'd say, is the right cadence. That's pretty often. That's pretty yeah, Mostly in the no, summer it when it's particularly humid or when uh, it's, you know, uh, we've had burritos the night before. Then Yeah, that, that could be it. <laughs> once <Yeah>. a month. <laughs> I know. Oh, my it's... God, dude. Oh, my God. Well, uh, all right. Well, we're both idiots. We're just living with um, terrible devices, making our lives worse. And uh, we refuse to buy new ones. So there we are. Yeah, don't you feel like there's just not enough hours in the day to like truly take care of everything? Oh, yeah. You know? And, and smoke mean... detectors are one of those things where when they're not going off and when they're not chirping in the middle of the night, I just... It might cross my mind at some point, like, oh, we should get new smoke detectors. But, yeah, it's not a problem right now, so I don't care. There's 400 other things that are demanding more attention. But then at 2 in the morning when it goes off and I'm doing the whole stupid thing where I'm running around searching for it, that's when I'm cursing myself for not replacing them uh, during the good times. Yeah, hindsight is always like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got to, like, uh, clean my fish aquariums, my fish tank. Um, There's just... I have to clean up the garage. I need to uh, buy a new organizer to organize all the boxes in the garage now. Um, I got to roto-till the backyard. I got about uh, 50 plants that I need transplanting. 
Whoa. Yeah, there's just yeah, I, I'm not like um, I, I don't have enough time. Yeah, smoke detectors are not high on that list. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah the honeydew up list is uh, is a long one, and the smoke detectors are on there, but they just keep getting buried under all the uh, the other more important shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. Dude, I did want to ask you about, I don't know if you heard about this or whatever, but I've been pretty bummed out about it ever since I heard the news that the um, Foo Fighters drummer, Taylor Hawkins, died, like, totally unexpectedly. Did you hear about that at all? Yeah, I did. Uh-huh. You did, huh? How'd you hear? Twitter. Yeah. I think I just saw it on our Twitter account because oh. everybody was talking about it. Dude, I actually heard about it on Twitter, too. I heard about it late the next morning. So he died Friday night, and Friday was a really bad day for me. Uh, wasn't online much. And then on Saturday morning, I was flipping through Twitter and I saw a tweet by um, our friend of the show, Rob Shapiro, who we had on the show a month or two ago. Uh, he had tweeted something about um, Taylor Hawkins, really great guy, so sorry, so sorry to hear about he passed and that sort of thing. And I'm reading it going, what? What? I mean, he's a young guy, dude. I was super shocked when I heard it. How old is he? What what did he die of? Fifty. The way, They're not remember. totally sure, or they haven't released it yet. But from what I read, they so he died in a hotel room. He was in a hotel in Bogota, Colombia. They had a show that night. They were actually playing in Colombia, and I guess he was probably hanging out in the hotel like before showtime, and passed away in the hotel room. Um, when they found him, or when they ran tests or whatever, they showed that they found like ten substances in his body, but. They were listing the substances. Um, they listed one of them as THC, the psychedelic element of marijuana. Oh, and I'm like, THC, really? Oh, wow. So he OD'd on on weed, huh? Um, yeah. So that's yeah. lame. But then some of the other ones were an opioid. Some of these. So I mean, it's possible it was opioid connected. And then I even saw like one huh. tweet or mention that had said. Oh, I think it was Google News that had something like, oh, Taylor Hawkins' death possibly caused by um, uh, COVID vaccination. But, you know, I don't know. You see all this kind of stuff that kind of sounded like nonsense. But who knows? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. But I know it sucks and it's super sad. And he was really young and an amazing drummer. And um, I don't know. It really sucks. He seemed like a super cool dude. Yeah, you know, I if you had told me the name before he died, it's I you know regretfully I have no idea who that was, but yeah. he definitely. I mean, it looks like he touched a lot of people. I did see a lot of musicians on Twitter that were kind of uh, showing their old pictures with them, yeah. and um, yeah, I mean, you were with the Foo Fighters, you know, I mean, so uh, they're a very musically uh, precise band. Is that a correct uh, statement? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're great. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, they're also a band who has, re, they're, they're like a band's band, like musicians yeah. really like them. I think musicians really like Dave Grohl for what he's done, and he's just a really cool guy. Taylor Hawkins is also a really talented guy who's also really cool. So I think there's a lot of that just kind of street cred connected with, with Foo Fighters. And they are a great band, been around a long time, made a lot of great albums, they put on great shows, a lot of energy, seem like really cool dudes up there just genuinely having fun, you know? Um, so people like them, and... And I was kind of surprised, too, like you said, where, I mean, I know who the Foo Fighters are, and I like Taylor Hawkins, so I was instantly like, oh, no. But then the amount of of recognition or people saying things from all walks of life beyond the music realm was like, wow, um, they really did touch a lot of people. Um, 
I even saw a tweet from Jill Biden, the first lady, who was like, Taylor, she said something cool too, like, Taylor Hawkins was a ferocious drummer and a really good friend, and we wish his family all the best and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, wow, she called him ferocious. That's kind of cool, dude. Yeah. When the first lady yeah, uses not... a word like that, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, every yeah, that's uh, yeah, I wouldn't uh, expect that no. out of her mouth. She seems like no. a pretty cool lady, anyway. But I guess yeah. um, so. I recently read Dave Grohl's book called The Storyteller. It's it's honestly I didn't read it. I, I listened to the audiobook and Dave recorded it himself, and it's honestly one of the best audiobooks. Definitely the best musical history or musical biography audiobook I've ever listened to. It's a really really great book, and um. It makes it super clear in the book that Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins were like just best friends, like genuinely oh. best friends who just loved hanging out, loved playing music together. And uh, I'm sure Dave Grohl was just fucking smashed by the news, much more so than just, oh, a bandmate. But they're like best, best friends. So isn't Dave Grohl like um, considered like a musical genius? Um, uh, doesn't he? There was some well, he's, like he plays a lot of instruments or something like that, or what, uh, there's some story. Behind well, that. yeah. So Dave Grohl was the drummer for uh, Fear way back in the day. Fear was a really foundational, well-known punk band um, before his time even. And by the time he joined Fear, uh, it had be it was already kind of a, a super well-known, legendary band. It was his favorite band, I think. Uh, the way he made it sound in the book, and then he joined Fear, almost like you know a young boy joining his favorite band, sort of a sort of a fairy tale story. And he played uh -huh. with Fear for a while. Then from Fear, he joined Nirvana. Um, Kurt Cobain was already doing the Nirvana thing. They had started with a different oh, drummer, right. needed a good drummer. Dave Grohl got that gig, and then that was like it, dude. He fucking exploded with Nirvana. No surprise, but. They covered that part of it, and it was insane, like the meteoric rise of Nirvana, how quick it happened and how how fast the whole band um, time frame was. Like, he was only in Nirvana for, like, two years or something, and they became, like, insanely famous and huge in no time, made a couple of great records, changed the music world forever, and then, um, you know, Kurt Cobain uh, passed, and then it was just over. And what did he do after that? Oh, he toured with um, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. He toured as their drummer. Oh, wow. And yeah. he said it was like a dream come true. Like, dude, I'm playing with some idols. Tom Petty is the coolest dude ever. Um, but then he was offered a more permanent gig in Tom Petty's band and turned it down for, which was kind of cool. Because, you know, you figure like, ah, oh, he didn't have another gig or another band. And he was off being offered to be a part of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, like, uh, obviously yes, but he said no because he wanted to do something on his own and he felt like he would never truly be a heartbreaker, even though everyone was really cool in the band. Um, yeah. and so he kind of made the choice to do his own project, which he had been working on. And the first album of the Foo Fighters or the first recording or demo or whatever, he recorded every song and every instrument by himself. Um, which is pretty cool, dude. So he wrote every is that one headlight or something. Well, that that was their biggest first one. I think uh, right? one I'd have to look it up. Honestly, I don't know what Foo. Look it up for me, will you? Um, Foo Fighters album yeah. where Dave Grohl played every instrument. Um, so he 
wrote, recorded all of that kind of stuff in spare time at a studio while he was cruising with the Heartbreakers and then decided to go that route and start from scratch on his own with his own project and then built the Foo Fighters from that point into the massive powerhouse that it is now. Um, and then, and then the drummer. Yeah. And he's not just like, he's not just like, Oh, they just need a new drummer. Like, it's not that he's like an integral part of that band. And, and, uh, I, I, I think they may eventually find a new drummer and tour again. I hope they do, but I don't know, dude, I'm sure it's going to be a while. Like it's a massive loss. He's a huge part of that band. So, you know, yeah. So here's the song. There's a, it says there's, well, let me just read this. The Food Fight Foo Fighters frontman directed the mini documentary which features a 23-minute one-man band instrumental recording on which Dave Grohl plays all oh. seven instruments on the track all live. Sweet. Um, is this a all live? Is it does it have a link Not to the recording on the there? It does, yeah. Will you shoot that to me? Um, I want to listen to it. Uh-huh. Yeah. The entire song was played by Grohl each time on a different instrument live all the way through the 23 instruments. So I guess that means at the same time, huh? Um, no, not at the same time. So when you're multi-tracking, you you go through and would probably lay down the drum track first. So you may you might do like a rough uh, a rough run through, and then you go through and lay down a real drum track, and then you go over that drum track and lay down bass, guitar, 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 however many guitars, and then vocal and backing vocal. You just layer it on like a cake. Yeah, but why does it say live though? I think you need to take live out of there because he, that's he, like he, he physically bit. can't play guitar at the same time he's playing bass. He's not one of those fucking carnival acts with like four I, inst- fourteen. I get instruments. you. Then don't say live though, right? Because live means live. Live live means like at the same time at at this time, not like oh I'm going back and listening to it not live. Um, anyway, I think that that's misleading. Could've... Or maybe yeah, I'm maybe I'm understanding it wrong, but I can't imagine a way that it's possible to play all the instruments at the same time. Whatever. If you put it through a loop or something, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Yeah, but then it's not live. Dave Grohl doesn't look like how I thought Dave Grohl would look like. He's like a grunge dude. Yeah, he's yeah. very grunge. He looks like he would be <clears throat> in um, like a mafia movie or something. I wouldn't want to meet him in like a dark alley. Oh, <laughs> kind of gangster. Yeah, he's kind of gangster. Oh, shoot. Yeah, shoot, we'll man. Here. So, like, oh, hey. um, man. Yeah, he's he's a super cool dude. Um, his book was incredible, and yeah, I was just really fucking smashed when I heard the news, and then I was like really um, impressed of of the just the huge outpouring about um, Taylor passing and all that. So that's a bummer. It um it hit me extra hard too at the time because it it hit me at the same the the next day after we lost our dog, um I told you our dog passed away yeah uh-huh. so that was really hard that happened on Friday in the afternoon and then Taylor passed away on Friday night but I didn't find about it till the next morning and the morning was actually a really a really sad sacky emotional time for me because my dog and I kind of had this fun little morning routine where we were the only two awake. And she would come downstairs early in the morning with me. And while I worked out, she'd hang out in a bed next to me. And while I made breakfast, she just kind of chilled. And I'd give her little treats. And uh, I had to give her diabetes medicine twice a day. So in the morning, I'd I'd feed her. And at the end, when she got really weak and couldn't feed, eat by herself, I'd go over and I'd, I'd feed her by hand and then do her medicine. So we had this whole little morning routine. 
and that first morning on Saturday morning was our first morning where she wasn't there. Ooh, um, so it was it was like a sad morning already. And then I heard that noise and or that news, and I just started getting all fucking verklempt. What was her name again? You said she was fourteen, right? Yeah, was Peanut. Right? Peanut was fourteen. Peanut. We think we don't know. So both of our dogs, Poncho and Peanut, we had for fourteen years. Um, we had them for fourteen years, and we found them both. So we're not sure of the of the exact age of either of our dogs when we got them. So we got them 14 years ago, or we got Poncho 14 years ago and Peanut 13 years ago. We got her a year later than him. He, we just, well, he found my mom, actually. He had he had gotten out of a backyard he was living in, um, ran into my mom's garage and was super friendly. And my mom's like Dr. Doolittle. So she took him in and he started living with my mom. And then my wife and I, Sarah, and I liked him a lot when we went over to visit my mom. So we took Poncho with us and made him our boy. And um, about a year later, we were in a fucking PetSmart or something buying fish food. And they were having one of these like pet adoption shows where they have a whole bunch of pets like they're wanting to be adopted. And I think the scenario was like, hey, if these pets aren't adopted, they're all going to be like euthanized. You know, they were like on they were on death row or something, I guess. Yeah. Um, so while we were just there for fish food, we kind of walked by and. All the dogs are like jumping up on the gate going like, hey, 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 pick me, pick me. They were all energetic. And then in the cage where Peanut was, she was curled up in her little bed all the way in the back, just like licking her butt, totally disinterested, didn't care if we had noticed her at all. We were just like, we want to see her. We like her. And uh, she looked just like Poncho, which is what caught our eye also. So we kind of took her off to the side. And then they let us like, they let us know that, oh, she's really, really skittish. She doesn't like people. She's very scared. You can't put a collar on her. She was abused. Like, you know, you, you just be really careful with her. And she didn't like people, I guess, and didn't like to be held. But she let us hold her, and she cuddled with us, and, like, we connected with her right away. And so we knew right away, like, oh, yeah, she's she's coming home with us. And uh, so, yeah, Poncho and Peanut, man, they were our kids forever, for more than a decade. And then we had real kids, and... uh. Man, we did everything with the dogs. Like, we took them on vacations. We took them once to, um, not La Jolla, what was I thinking? Um, uh, down in San Diego or Orange County somewhere, there's a beach there that's a dog beach, and they have all these little, like, dog-friendly restaurants, huh. and they have dog menus, and you get to order food for your dog, and they'll, like, bring out the dog food oh, as wow. a meal <laughs> with your food and all that. Is, it's cheesy, but super fun. Yeah. We were totally dog people, so we did a vacation down there, uh, and... Uh, and stuff like that. Like, they were our kids. And then we had real kids. And I became super, uh, obviously, busy with the new kids and kind of pushed the dogs to the side, which I really do feel bad about now. I wish I would have stayed as attentive as I was through most of their lives. But uh, my wife, luckily, stayed a really good dog mom. She she always made sure to keep an eye out for them and make sure they had clean water and all that, uh, even though I was kind of too busy and shoved them off to the side. But... Yeah, it's tough, dude. Even though they were super old, you know, they lived a good life. All that's totally expected. It's just really hard to lose them. And we lost Poncho in October. And then a few months later, uh, Peanut just just uh, passed on Friday, a couple or about almost a week ago. So, yeah. Yeah, tough. that's that's tough, man. I'm sorry to hear. I know um, yeah, I certainly thanks. remember seeing those dogs quite often when, when we oh, would yeah. come around. And I remember Peanut... Uh, uh, always interested, wanted to be in the room, but was like, who's that guy? Yeah, like, she was yeah. always, 
a little afraid of guys. Like even when we adopted her at first, she would be afraid of me. Well, actually what happened is like, she'd be fine with me sitting on my lap and then I'd get up to go to the bathroom or go get something out of the kitchen or walk out of the room. And then when I walked back in the room, she would like forget that we were cool and she'd start barking at me again. (laughs) So that was kind of, and I'd have to like re-win her trust all over again. Like I just went pee, but okay, let's, uh, let's reacquaint ourselves one more time. Yeah. And, uh, that went on for a while actually. And anytime a new guy, like if you came over to visit or, uh, anyone like that, she would, she would be very, um, timid or, or bark a little, or just be a little bit cautious. Uh, but she was the sweetest dog as one, once, once you kind of broke through that barrier, she was so sweet. Yeah. I remember her, uh, she wanted to be close too, and she wanted to sniff you and she would like sniff me yeah. and I would look down and I'm like, Oh, she's sniffing me. But like, she doesn't want me to know that, uh, that she's sniffing me. She doesn't yeah. want to be she's seen. Like, so she'd be like over there really curious, but just like, eh, I'm yeah. curious, but from over here, you mofo, I know. You're... And that's just, that is sad that, um, I mean, it's great yeah. that you saved her, you know, and it's good to have two dogs too. I'm, I'm sure, uh, Poncho, yeah. you know, that, that changed his life and as it did peanut too. And, you know, he was kind of the one that was like, Hey, what are we can do next? Let's go play. Hey, I, I'm your friend. Let's, let's be friends. And, you know, she needed that. She needed a dog that could show her, um, some of that type of, uh, uh extroversion. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I never really thought about that, but that is very true. Probably. Um, cause yeah, Poncho was like super social and, 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 and brave and like secure. So he would run around to everyone like, Hey, what's up? You jump up on your leg. Hey, you got some food for me? Can I have a bite of that? You can finish that sandwich. You know, he was really outgoing. He was a total extrovert and she'd always be curled up in the corner watching, but from a distance. And I bet you're right, dude. I bet he did help to kind of break her out of her shell or make her feel more comfortable. Like, um, uh, you know, just by being so, so confident. That's kind of cool. You know, it's, it's, life is such a trip, right? I mean, because, you know, for the dogs where they are, wherever they are now, I know, um, we probably have different views. You, you might think they're gone forever or, um, I kind of feel like something is, is still alive. Um, but you know, it, it's still so, I mean, either way, I feel like whatever place they're in right now is a probably, probably better than what it was potentially, unless they got reborn again. But, um, it's still so sad for us who see the dogs die, but however, the dogs like their true selves are probably in a much better place. But you know, the people that are still here are the ones that are the saddest, you know? And it's like, it's such an interesting paradigm sometimes if you think about it, because you know, we're like, Oh, I feel so bad for the dog or I feel so bad for the animal. And it is, it's a loss. It's such a huge loss out of your life, you know, because they are, um, yeah. that's the, that's part of your identity and it's part of their identity too. You, you, we're part of their identity too, but then that, the, the representation of them crossing over is, um, I think it's just scary for, for us all, you know? Uh, yeah. Like what? Well, I mean, they're, they're family. They were family, you know, and they're just a part of our life and our household and our family. So just now having them gone is really weird and, and in a shitty way. Um, where indeed, and I'll even admit, and I feel terrible about it, but it's the truth, where at the end they became so high maintenance with having multiple medications and, you know, not being able to like hold their pee and poo so they'd have accidents in the house a lot. And with little kids and the chaos of trying to run a home with little kids and all that, a turd on the floor was like, God damn, you know, like, oh, I'd get really frustrated and, and, uh, I'd even have thoughts that I'm not proud of 
where I'd just be like, man, I wish they would just kind of go, you know, like uh, it's it sucks to yeah. say, but it's the truth, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Like those thoughts cross my mind where, you know, you just get so fed up with pooping and peeing on the floor or um, just the work that older dogs require. And uh, God, now, dude, I would give anything to have them shit on the floor. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it sucks, you know, it, but it, it is um, it it. I don't know. It, it, it makes me, it's a reminder that you need to enjoy everything for what it is while you have it, because you won't have anything. Nothing lasts forever. And even if it's, you know, the, the, the shitty parts like turds on your floor, um, one day they will not be there and, and you may not be as happy about it as you think you will right now. Um, so, you know, uh, definitely, yeah. Appreciate all the time you have with everyone in your life that you love. Uh, good times and bad times. Uh, turd or no turd. Love them all. It's a good reminder. It really is. Yeah. Um, how did your boys take it? Do they uh, fully understand what so, happened? Or? So my younger boy's one. He, 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 he knows of the dogs. He loves the dogs. He'll point at them and say dog, dog. But he doesn't have really any uh, awareness of like who they are or, or that they're gone now. Or I, I don't know that it's affected him at all. My older boy, who's three, um, he loves the dogs. Um, he doesn't entirely understand what death means, no surprise. But yeah. for us, like when Poncho passed, Poncho passed a little bit unexpectedly. We knew he was very sick, but we just took him to the doctor to go like have some tests run. Like, let's go have him checked out and see what we're working with here. And while they were running the tests in the back room of the vet, he passed away. And so it was kind Whoa. of a surprise. Um, well, it was, it was definitely a surprise. We weren't planning on it. Uh, we didn't think he was that bad and we didn't know how to address it with the boys. We hadn't really thought about it yet. So we literally looked up like how to tell a toddler about the family dog dying, you know, uh, what do yeah. we do here? Like what's recommended? Do we want to say he went to doggy heaven? Do we want to say that, oh, he ran away or he went to, uh, uh you know, the doggy farm and we'll never, you know, he's, he's having a great time. And I don't know, like, what do we say here? And we read a few different articles with some different perspectives on the best way to address it, and we landed on the side of pure honesty and clarity. Um, so we told him when Poncho passed, this was his first brush with death that we had to explain. And so we literally told him, we sat him down and we just told him, um, look, Poncho was sick. He went to the doctor and his body was too tired and he passed away. And um, essentially, I don't know what we said verbatim, but essentially like he passed away. He's never coming home. We'll never see him again. But now he's a part of the earth. Uh, he's a part of the wind and the water and the and the and the ground. And we'll be able to remember him in our hearts. And every time we feel the wind blow or we see water, um, Poncho will be a part of that. So he'll be a part of our lives forever. That sort of that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And at first, obviously, he didn't really grasp what all that meant but he did get it and and internalize it so even for like weeks or months or whatever later he would he would be thinking about it and out of the blue he would say something like yeah poncho passed away he's a part of mother earth now and it was hard for us to hear because we were still like really grieving about it you know so we had to keep it together uh without just collapsing into a heap of tears you know and um yeah we would say something like, yeah, baby Poncho passed away, but he's with us forever. We remember him forever, and, and he's a part of Mother Earth now, that sort of thing. Uh, and that's pretty much the same thing that we've, the same narrative we went with 
uh, when Peanut passed last week, and uh, he's taken it pretty well. He's not all broken up. I don't think he truly understands what death means, the permanency of it, because like in the morning, uh, after I wake up and I have my whole morning routine with Peanut, then Michael would wake up and he would come down and we would do our morning routine together. And he always really enjoyed coming to say good morning to Peanut. He'd, oh, I want to go see Peanut. Uh, when he eats a vitamin, I give him a vitamin. But before he eats it, he wants to go show Peanut his vitamin. So he'll go, I want to show Peanut. And he'll run mm-hmm. into the other room and show Peanut his vitamin. And so even after she passed and we told him Peanut passed away, she's not coming home. Every morning since then, he's he still said, I want to go show Peanut my vitamin. Uh Oh, that's heartbreaking uh, for yeah, you. It's, it's hard to hear. Oh gosh, I'm gonna cry now. It's, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Um, I'm not crying. You know. So, and then we just, I just kind of, you know, oh baby, I know. Me too. I wish Peanut was here, but she's not here anymore. She's with Mother Earth. You know. We just kind of go through the same, the same story. And then he's okay with it. He he hasn't broken down or really uh, grasped what death means. But you know, I mean, he knows what happened essentially. So he's clear on the facts. Peanut's gone. She passed away. She's never coming back. Um, and we're not religious, so we don't want to tell him she went to doggy heaven or any of that kind of stuff. Like that's not in line with our thinking. So it works for us. It, it, it makes sense for us. Um, and then it's kind of like, it made me think of, it's the first thing that's ever happened where like, I've been truly sad and like crying about something and then uh, it makes you wonder, like, am I going to cry in front of my sons? You know? Um, and mm. I am of the philosophy of, like, really reinforcing the idea that feelings are okay and it's normal to have feelings and it's okay to be sad. You know? Like, I don't want to... Yeah. I'm not going to yeah, subscribe to the old school manly man thing of men don't cry. My boy's never going to see me cry. Any of that kind of stuff. Um I mean, I don't want them to see me like blubbering and snotting all over myself and uncontrollable crying because I'm sure that would be disconcerting. Piss in your pants. Yeah, yeah, I'll go do that yeah. in the in another room real quick. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, like we 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 both like, uh, or at least me, I guess I'll speak for myself. I I think I'm okay with my boy seeing me cry and be sad, and then within reason, you know. And then I'll just kind of explain like, oh, I'm very sad. I miss Peanut. And, uh, it, you know, it, it made me so sad that I'm crying, you know, but I'm okay. And, and then, you know, kind of shake it off and go about your day, but I don't want to pretend to be happy. I don't want him to see me swallowing feelings or, or putting on a, a happy face. Like it's okay to be sad, be sad, you know? Yeah. I, I am along the same lines too, because I mean, yeah, you have feelings and you have to feel them. Um, and there's no need to hide them. And the thing is too, what you're teaching your son is when you have these feelings, this is my relationship to the feelings. Uh So you don't want to be like, Oh, my relationship is denial. Like, no, I'm not having these feelings. I'm not going to cry. Uh, and, and kids can see, everybody can see through bullshit. Yeah. You know, I mean, BS is like, people think that they hide their bullshit sometimes. Mm -hmm. And by bullshit, I mean lies essentially. And you don't like everything is visible, especially to like a little kid. They see everything that goes oh, on. Oh yeah, yeah. They're super per, uh, perceptive, um, and and that was something I had to kind of look up too. And and I mean, there there was virtually no deviation from the modern way of thinking that you know you don't want to hide feelings or make feelings seem shameful in any way. And I think that was a pretty normal way of doing that in the old days. Certainly when we were kids, where. Our, our parents didn't want to, 
you know, cry in front of us or show a lot of emotion, maybe with some exceptions, but you, you kind of wanted to, you know, put on a happy face, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. and, um, I think most psychologists are, are in line with that not being a good way of, of, uh, you know, demonstrating how to deal with feelings to your kids. Uh, because then that just makes them repress stuff, feel bad if they do feel sad, feel like they can't cry, maybe confusion about feelings, all that kind of stuff, right? Kind of, yeah. But, I mean, I do see a different need for it potentially, like, depending on what the time was. Because I think that what changed a large amount of our uh, playbook, the way that our society functions, at least here in the U.S., was, like, during the Great Depression, where they they really had hard times. And that was a lot of times was their, um, their mentality. Like you're fine, uh, suck it up and move on. Right. No one wants to hear you you complain. Yeah. And when, when you're, um, getting knocked down like every single day, you know, it's probably, uh, a better mentality to hold than one of like, go ahead and continue to feel your emotions and continue to dwell on it because that's not healthy either, the dwelling. And and what we're talking about here is not dwelling on oh, emotions, but right. it's just a spontaneous arising of emotions, which you have to feel and you have to just um, deal with. And, right. You know, I, I'm kind of the same way too, because I have, uh, <laughs> like, I will be listening to music and this happens sometimes when Megan and Esme is there and I do get... I, very embarrassed when it happens, but I'll cry sometimes by some lyrics of a song or something that's just something so beautiful and I'll just cry. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then of course, like Megan's just sitting there staring at me and I'm just like, stop looking at me. She's like, what's wrong with you? You're like, I'm, I'm (laughs) feeling this incredible piece of musical mastery and you're just, you're, you know, dagger staring me in the back of the neck. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, let me feel it. Yeah, yeah, this is amazing, and you ruin it. Uh-huh. No, I do the same thing, like, even in a happy way sometimes. Like, a music piece or, or I don't know, a movie or, you know, a really great AT&T commercial or something like that will really just <laughs> touch you. Uh, um, wow, <laughs> we're, we're some fucking... Or some... I didn't know that you were like that. I really, I really would not have. Uh, I guess you know we've spent so many years calling each other pussy all the yeah. time that we, <laughs> we probably don't. That's funny. No, we, it, we don't. Uh, we suck it in, you know, around each totally other. Totally true. But I, you know, and I think maybe as a younger person, I don't know. Maybe I didn't have as many moments that way, or maybe I didn't uh, appreciate life in a way that allowed me to be overwhelmed by happiness to a point of feeling, you know, emotional or whatever. Like, I don't know, maybe I was just a little more closed off or emotionally immature. I don't know. Um, but now as an older person, like things do touch me, the beauty of life or the beauty of relationships or just an amazing piece of music, um, or a, a scene in a movie. Yeah. will will make you just, you know, swell up, you know, and whether you cry or not, or just swell up with emotion, or you just feel that, that kind of, um, I don't know, rise of feeling is neat. It's a cool part of life. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. a great antithesis to depression or sadness that we all feel when we lose someone we love or when we, you know, are struggling or whatever. Like there's plenty of downsides to life, like really, really savoring the good parts of life, um, is important and, Maybe that's part of emotional maturity, I suppose, or just experience getting older and appreciating 
things for what they are beautiful moments you know yeah yeah my my last one was um i was listening to and i was surprised to say that you you liked her too uh, because uh i think i've been made fun of probably quite extensively for being like in chick music oh yeah yeah i, I remember being um, the one who made fun of you on several occasions <laughs> but uh dido white flag oh like, yeah uh, you know where she's like i will go down with this ship yeah and it was like i remember, i just listen to that sometimes and sometimes that one just hits me so strong just because i believe her i believe every word that she's singing yeah. and i believe that she believes every word that she's singing and just that the beauty of of the sacrifice in that song and the and just the overwhelming of emotion i just like sometimes that one breaks me down uh yeah that's a good example of one and, and when that song hits you at the right time or the right mindset or whatever, like, yeah, that's that's the kind of thing that will totally just bring you to tears in a good way. You know, it's not like you're yeah. really, truly sad. It's just like this uh, this emotional piece that, um, I don't know, it's one of the most amazing parts of life. I think it's cool. Uh, and it's really cool to embrace that and enjoy it. And music often brings me to that place. Um but sort of like AT&T commercials sometimes too. Sometimes they're just great. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I I'm opening up big time here. Yeah. This is going to uh, we, we might I as well, I dude. I mean, we're this. already establishing that we're both huge pusses, so <laughs> just go for it. Okay. I have a playlist on Spotify. <laughs> oh no. You, you have to share it with me. It's called the title of this playlist is called Me Cry. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. I'll, I'll give you a little handful of songs that are on here. Uh, White Flag Dido, uh, Fear, Sarah McLaughlin, Strawberry Wine, Deanna Carter, uh, My Immortal, Evanescence, um, Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here, uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, um, One Country by Midnight Oil, Hearts by Ma- Marty Ballin, uh, Two Sparrows and a Hurricane, Tanya Tucker, Before the Rain, Duran Duran. That's such a beautiful song. Uh, Seasons Change, Expose. Ooh. And uh, Unintended of Muse. Wow. That's, that's that's my entire me so cry. what scenario or what what causes you to flip on the me cry playlist? Uh, you know, I... I don't usually flip it on, honestly. Um, what happens is I'll be listening to another playlist. I'll be listening to something, and then it makes me cry. So I'll throw it on the me cry. <laughs> oh, okay. But, so uh, you're like, hey, yeah. I'm feeling emotional. Let's just dig into this emotion. Let's go sick. Let's uh, let's just do it. I'm obviously in a crying mood. Let's fucking cry. Yeah, you know, may- maybe I have visited this this playlist once or twice. Yeah, like if I am feeling emotional and like a song does kick me up and like it, and and you've experienced it too. Like you just said, it it's it's a happiness yeah. uh, um, cry. It's not like a sadness cry. Even though you're crying, you're crying like super happy, and you're just uh-huh. like emotion is just an energy is flowing through your body, just like like waves of emotion. And it's, it's a beautiful thing, like you're saying. It's not a negative thing. So when that does hit, yes, I, I think I, I remember um, it was the White Flag song that, that ticked this off last. And then I just, I visited the whole playlist and let's just dig into it, baby. Yeah. Let's just nice. cry. Yeah. 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 Let's just, <laughs> let's just have it out. Let's, let's go for it. That's where I'm at. Let's be there. 
because it does feel good huh have, have uh-huh. you ever like uncontrollably cried like another one was some one of these midnight oil songs i remember um i was uncontrollably with somebody. like like blubbering cry like where you like ugly crying like where you're just snotting all over yourself kind of thing yeah well may, maybe not like you got dump cry or something oh. like that but yeah like you know you you're trying you can try to fight it all you want but you're you're crying it doesn't really matter who's yeah, yeah. around you um yeah, I can't think of the last time that's happened. I haven't. Uh, oh well. I, okay, so the fir- the morning after Peanut passed, I had this moment where I came downstairs. I was already bummed out because she wasn't there to do my morning routine with me, and I started just kind of going through the morning, feeling a little bummed out, but still going through it. And then I went into the pantry where we have a counter that has all her medicine, where all her um, where all her like uh, syringes, like for her um, insulin and all, all the different medications she was on, was sitting. Mm-hmm. And I just full blown lost it, dude. Like yeah. I was full blown like like just crying crying over her medicine for i don't know for a while a few minutes and it felt really good just to let it all out and just like let it be the way it is and um you know it didn't make the feeling go away but it felt good to release everything and then just go on about my morning just feeling you know moderately bummed out but i felt better that i let it all out and i really didn't have a choice it just came out it was coming out you know i didn't try to repress it it. but man when i saw her insulin there i was just kind of like just fucking lost it oh yeah no that's it's and the way i mean the human body is just so phenomenal in so many different ways and then um uh it's just it just i just get amazed uh look who's this iphone 13 pro max oh i think we're having a guest join us not not right now we're talking about crying Oh, is it Ricky? <laughs> What's up, Ricky? What's up, you guys? Uh, can you guys see and hear me? Uh, I can't see you. Uh, we can hear you. Can't see you. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can't see you guys either. So five for the better. Anyway. Uh, oh, here we you can. You guys want to uh, see my, my ugly mug anyway? Oh, I care. I can ask you to start video, and now you can just approve my request to see you. you oh, see this technology, man! I, it's going to be the death of all of us. You see there? So I'm going to say, yeah, a- ask to start video. Did it do anything? Can you click like yes? No, all it says is Zoom meeting connecting to server. Uh, oh, that's all, right. all I have. Well, anyway, well, as long as you guys can at least hear me, that's the important part. Ricky my Finger on the show. Way better than my sexy face. You know? How you doing, Finger? You know, <laughs> uh, I can't complain. Sorry, I couldn't get in touch with you before, man. I'm uh, we're camping right now. We've been flying flags. Oh. And the reception here is horrible, actually. So That's right. That's right. Well, dude, I'm glad you were able to jump on. I didn't know if you could join us or not, um, but I'm glad you broke up our conversation because Derek and I were just blubbering on about blubbering. Oh, yeah. Let's not blubber today. Today's a non-blubbering kind of day. No? <laughs> yeah. Well, we were talking about crying and uncontrollable oh, crying. crying. And, uh, yeah, no one wants to talk about that stuff for sure. Yeah. yeah. No. no, we're talking about how good it feels. Like, when's the last time you cried, Ricky? Uh, honestly, brother, recently I've had a lot to cry about, dude. I won't be, I won't, I won't lie, man. I lost my pops a couple years ago. That's probably the last best one I've had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. if you want to say, but yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it sucks though. You're right. You got to get out a good cry once in a while. And any good person has to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I imagine so. you cried a good deal when the bills didn't go to the Super Bowl. Well, I'm still, dude, I've been crying for 25 years. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right that they didn't go to the Super Bowl this year, and I'll be I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting them to. I'm just so stoked we got as far as we did. <laughs> you know? Oh, all right. So, you lost next year, so much that next, you're used to oh, losing, yeah. and losing at the very end is like, hey, we didn't lose uh, as early as we normally lose, so I'm actually happy about losing. 
Amen. And now I actually have a relevant team that people want to play for that I could actually root for, like, honestly, like, crazily again. I'm, I'm stoked. Next year is my expectation year, though, that they got to win it all now next year. Uh, okay. Know? All right. Like, no excuses, Bills. Make it happen. Ricky's expecting there it. You, amen. Once, once before I die. That's all I ask. That's not too much, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Have they ever well, won good. a Super Bowl? I don't know shit about sports, but has the have the Bills ever won? They ever ring? No, the – well, it's so funny you say that, dude, because the Buffalo Bills won two championships in a row, but it was right before they called it the Super Bowl, you know? So it really doesn't count in the Super Bowl era. So what as the of fuck today, was that? Like the, the 1860s or something? <laughs> like, yeah, what, what, uh, what are we talking about here? Were we like trading gold <laughs> coins back then? And Yeah, no, yeah we, were, but, we were on the yeah, gold man. standard back then. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, back in like the late 50s, early 60s is when uh, – the NFL, they had, they had two separate kind of conferences. That's when they merged. So when they merged, they got they went out of the championships to into the Super Bowl. You know, really? so yeah. So in the oh, Super I Bowl didn't know era, that. all right, yeah. And the, and in the Super Bowl era, the Buffalo Bills went four times in a row in the nineties and lost them all. Huh. You know, so yeah, that's what the Bills stand for. Boy, I love losing Super Bowls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love the joke. I don't know who told it or not, but. You know how, like, um, right after a team wins the Super Bowl, they automatically put on their Super Bowl 56 or whatever number it is, Super Bowl champions hats and shirts, like, on the sideline <laughs> before the game's even done. So you know they print these up in advance, right? There's there's their Super Bowl championship shirts and hats made for both teams, and the winner gets to put them on, and the loser obviously just never takes them out of the box. But then what do they do with those? And I think some comedian said, like, they donate all those uh, unneeded Super Bowl champ shirts and hats to like third world countries. So somewhere in the world, there's some little Somalian kid walking around thinking the Bills are the greatest team that ever lived. <laughs> That's exactly right, dude. <laughs> hey, you want to hear something funny? I actually got my hands on one of those before they got really? deported. Yeah, so back in 1992, I got the Super Bowl sweater that says Buffalo Champions, you know, so... But they're not really oh champions, so it's worthless. Yeah. What do they do with those? Do they really donate those to, to, to yeah. people? I oh, hope yeah. they do. Or do they just burn oh, them? Yeah. Or what do they do with them? No, you're, you're exactly right. They go to the third world countries and people that can't afford clothing that need it badly go straight over there. So, wow. Yeah, so they're just right. like, they're, man, they're these like... Raiders and, and Bills are unstoppable. Well, and, <laughs> they're incredible. And the Angels, right? Because the, that's your other team, Rick, right? You're, the Angels, which they... Oh, I am. They, I am. When it, comes to that, when it comes to sports, yeah, I'm usually a California fan altogether except for the Buffalo Bills. I'm a diehard Buffalo Bills, but everything else, California. Yeah, you except know? for the Dodgers. You're not into the Dodgers, I remember, because they're no, arch oh, enemies no. of, the, of the Angels. Yeah, you're an Angel fan too, right, Derek? No, no, I, I've been a Dodger fan. I'm sorry to say, but I, I don't dislike the Angels. I've I've been there uh, to their games a good number of times, and uh, my grandfather would like listen to the Angels, but he liked the Dodgers a little bit more. So I kind of lean a little bit more towards Dodgers. All right, I know Mike. You are, you're an Angels fan. I know that. I went to games with you and Sarah. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go see anybody play. I don't I don't care about uh, sports. But I enjoy going to games, so like I'd go to a Dodger game, I'll go to an Angels game, I'll have a great jo- great time and cheer for whoever's game I am at. Like if I was visiting Cincinnati, I would go to a Bengals game and I'd cheer for them. Like I don't he care. Likes the big hot dogs, but he doesn't like. Yeah, dude, I just go for the I just go for the wiener. Like, 
<laughs> dude, watching sports is fun. Like, dude, hockey. Hockey is one of my favorite sports to go see live. And I have to admit, I don't even understand the rules of the game. Like, I don't even know what they're doing. Or, or like, why? I don't know. I don't get shit, but I love watching hockey. It's so much fun. They get in fights. They check each other into the boards. Like, an ex- it's, a, it's an exciting game. I have no idea what's going on, but I'm having like a great the time. The puck is, is invisible, like, to me. I'm just like, where is the puck? I just, you know, I wish it was, I mean, I know it's black against white, but uh, it's hard for me to see. So that's the problem. I well, in this day and age, uh, again, like, can we can we invent something that's more functional? But couldn't it be like a glowing orb of light? Yeah. I mean, it, it could be it could be very that's visible. A good idea. It would that would definitely help the realm of fans liking it more. That's for sure. Because uh, going to like you said, or going blank. to games is awesome. But I cannot watch it on TV to pay, save my life. You know. Yeah. Well, no, on TV now they actually like kind of superimpose like a, a color thing over the puck so that you can see it. Right. So they put a little Do graphic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's just- well, I, I, I have not noticed that. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if they do it all the time, but I've noticed that. Maybe it's for big games or I don't know. Like I, I don't watch a lot of sports, but I have noticed they, they draw on like a little indicator that shows like a line when they shoot it and it's flying across the rink really quickly. Then it'll have like a little tracer line that they've oh, animated yeah, yeah, into yeah. it. And, and they also have kind of something thing. like that with uh, to make golf better. They have the same thing where you can see exactly yeah, yeah. the flight of the ball. Yeah, because yeah. when you watch someone drive a golf ball on TV, you can't see that thing and everyone's stands there looking like wow great shot and i'm just watching like uh fucking dude no idea um but yeah it's nice that they kind of um, that they kind of animate it so you can see what the hell's going on yeah you know i'll take that one further man you know what sport is the exact opposite to where it's better on tv than in person to me is nascar if you ever get into that, oh, it's way more exciting to watch it on TV because then you're right up in the driver's faces the whole time. But you go to the grandstands, like every three minutes, you stand up for two seconds, going, "Yeah!" All right, well, I'm gonna sit back down. Ahead. No idea who was winning. That went by way yeah, too quickly. In. There they yeah. go. There they go. Here they come. And they're turning left. There they go. And they're turning left some more. Yeah, oh, look at that! He is still turning left. Hey, you know what? If you guys want a serious laugh, go ahead and Google uh, Carrot Top's NASCAR ah. bit. Uh, he, I just, I just stole that a little bit from him, but he makes it Carrot so much top. funnier. You know, man. <laughs> yeah, I saw him live, and he that, the NASCAR. I saw him live coaches. also once. We were in yeah. Vegas, and we saw his show. He, he's pretty funny live. He, uh, he, he makes an audience laugh. He's a wacky dude too, man. When you see him now too, you're just like, my God, are you still human? Like you're a weird looking person (laughs) (laughs) i went with you on that one mike right you and i I saw that show together did we i don't remember where we i know it was vegas it was a a vegas trip yeah when you and i've been there numerous times uh, (laughs) and i saw him do the um the friends thing where he played the friends intro and then right the part where you go clap 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 he killed the music so the audience like (laughs) You know, or most people in the audience did the clap, and then it was very funny because you feel self-conscious when the music cuts out, but you still clap. And it's like, oh, crap. That is funny. It was a pretty funny bit, yeah. I don't remember, like, detail for yeah. detail, but I know I saw him in Vegas, and I know you and I went there. I thought that we saw the yeah. same show. But yeah, oh, yeah. Well. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, Carrot Top. <laughs> Weird-looking motherfucker. That's... <laughs> yeah. We're looking guy. And I think, uh, was it Snoop Dogg said it best, you know, if Ronald McDonald fucked Wendy's. Oh. 
And they did a bunch of steroids. <laughs> that would be yeah. Cheritop. Like, he's all Jack now, dude. It's just like, wow, you were already creepy. Now you look like you could kick my ass and you're still creepy. Now it's, like, extra creepy. <laughs> I'm going to Vegas next weekend with uh, Tups and uh, and my brother John. Oh, dude, that's awesome. No kidding. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The nice. Dieter Bros, tearing up Vejas. Yeah. yeah. Where, are you st- where are you staying? Um, Where are we staying? Uh, The Flamingo, I think. Oh, I'm on the Four Corners. Nice. Yeah. It, the it, original town. It was, you know, location, 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 you know, kind of. I think the yeah. Flamingo, that is in the new, that's on the strip, isn't it? The Flamingo it? is one of the most historic hotels in Vegas because that's the one that Bugsy Siegel, uh, Benjamin Siegel, the old gangster, uh-huh. uh built that was that was like his uh-huh. his baby built before vegas was really anything he lost a ton of money on it and hey. the gangsters were all bent out of shape about he, it he yeah that's pretty it. much the story right yeah. oh wow yeah when you ever watch the uh yeah, Warren he, Beatty he movie, movie bugsy it, yeah. it kind of goes through the whole thing i assume it's pretty historically accurate but um yeah yeah he even had like an underground wow. escape tunnel or something from his office right oh right yeah, right right yeah the flamingo's yeah. fucking cool dude but i know it cost him Four million. Yeah, I know. I know. Back in the day, according to the movie, anyway, it cost him four million dollars and his yeah. wife. Yeah, and then place. it's one of the so. <laughs> maybe only or certainly one of the very few original gangster era casinos that's still alive and kicking. Um, so yeah, the Flamingo's a rad well, choice. Correct. Dude. Well, I, I choose every uh, or I judge every casino by its proximity to Barbary Coast. And I know that's still not around, but you guys know which one I'm talking about, right? The cheap place with the cheap slots and the cheap drinks and everything. You mean like downtown Vegas? Oh, isn't that slots? Or I mean, uh, like, uh, what, what am I no, trying to say? Um, um, old, old Town. I think it's Slots of Fun. No, like, <laughs> no, no, it's not No, old downtown. 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 Yeah. Is that what you call downtown? downtown? Like with Lady Luck and all that kind of shit? No, no. Yeah, yeah, where, exactly. Where, right. where do you, 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 you want to be right next to? Free, you're talking about free... No, Barbary Coast is near, um, across from Bellagio and MGM, I think, or maybe I have it wrong. I don't fucking know. But, you know what, Derek? If I'm not mistaken, I think you're thinking of Slots of Fun next to the Circus ah, Circus. Yeah, oh, that's where I? everything is. That's no, cheap. he's I not. I know, I know what you're talking about, Ricky. You and yeah, that's a good cheap bag. place to go play some uh, cheap tables and cheap slots. They have, like, penny slots and all that. What Derek's talking about is the place that's right there by that, um, like, pedestrian bridge that goes yes. right over the strip. That's There's the a place, pedestrian uh-huh. bridge that drops you off right in the front of Barbary Coast. And that is one of the cheapest oh. places to play tables. Like you can go play like, I think I haven't been there in a while, but I think you can play like $5 craps and $5 blackjack and all that stuff there. Um, yep. The Cromwell now. Oh yeah. It's called. something different. Yeah. Yeah. But uh-huh. that's the one you're talking about, huh? Yep, that's the one I'm talking about. Right. Exactly with that that pedestrian bridge, you know. Yeah, and you've always there's some crazy shit that goes on that pedestrian bridge. Fuck yeah, bridge. dude. That's like, where I think uh... every time I've been, I'm like, what's going on <laughs> in this fucking bridge, dude? If you just hang out and smoke a cigarette on the sidewalk in front of that casino, you are going to see some shit in the six and a half minutes it takes to smoke that cigarette. Yeah. It's it's yeah, whether it's a car crash or a naked jaywalker or police tackling someone or any number of things, dude. It's it's colorful. That's just a Tuesday down there. Yeah. <laughs> That's just breakfast. <laughs> that pedestrian bridge allows people to get away quickly and like run over to the other side of the, of yeah, the street. Just like, oh, I can make an escape. Maybe Bugsy put that in too. That was part of his underground escape tunnel. Yeah. He's like, and I don't want to run across the street, so I'm going to need a pedestrian bridge. 
You know, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in myself now because I, I remember the name Barbary Coast, but I cannot for the life of me picture it oh, in my head at all. Oh, it's iconic. You, so, when you see it, it's the one right on the corner. It's a tiny little casino floor. It's kind of a long, skinny one, just super dank and dark inside, smells like smoke. And I think there's a club upstairs. <laughs> I've never gone to it because I don't like clubs, but there's a well-known club above the casino floor, right, D? Um, I've, I've okay. never been there, but yeah, I think they had, I know they had like high stakes, higher stakes poker upstairs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. All that shit. Yeah. But mm. the floor casino, the small little floor casino is is dingy and low dollar and I love it. Cheap drinks too. Uh, so I guess bottom line here, Derek. I guess uh, you're only about a twenty dollar uh, taxi ride away from the flamingo, dude. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now that I think about it, I don't, I don't even think I'm staying at the flamingo. Ah, <laughs> uh, you I should think... just leave it at the flamingo. It made for a great story. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm... No, 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 it's actually at the Best Western. Yeah, my bad. And then I remember it like I'm staying close to that, that Barbary Coast, which I think is the um, the place that starts with a B. Uh, Bellagio. Yeah, I think we're staying at the Bellagio. So. Uh, the Bellagio. Like, that's fancy bad, ass, dude. Uh, is it? Well, yeah. It that's the where they do the, the water fountain like... show. I mean, it used to be fancy ass. I think it still is, but that's where they do that like water dancing fountain show out on the street. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of the older <laughs> ones, right? Because they're, t- yeah, you know, but... how it goes. They tear everything down and they build it back yeah. up. So these ones that are older, people don't want to go to anymore because they want to go to yeah. one of the fancy ones. Except the Flamingo. Yeah, except the flamingo. <laughs> That's all. You would have been so much better, Derek, if you just would have came back going, "Oh yeah, my bad, not the flamingo." I'm oh, no, no, no. <laughs> the, actually, no. This, this is not okay. I'm looking at it on Google here. This we are staying at the flamingo because this Barbary Coast is a three minute walk from Flamingo. There you go. So, Who so yes, yeah, so we are staying at the flamingo. Yep. Did you book this? Hell yeah. Um, my brother booked it. Uh, Tubbs oh, okay. booked it, but uh, we talked about it beforehand because it was kind of uh, like we want we want that vicinity, you know, because we've you know that yeah. is the how many hours have we spent in there, Mike? I mean, in that in that casino, in that casino, right? Oh, I mean, that's the place to hang. Yeah. But honestly, I prefer downtown to anywhere on the main strip. So, like, dude, for me, I agree. With I would you, just Mikey. take a cab to downtown and stay there the whole time, or even just get a fucking room at. Uh, at um you know what is it the four queens or something like that ricky or um uh, Fitzgerald's. oh yeah well that's not there no more Fitzgerald's. that was a cool yeah, one that, and and Fitzgerald's oh, and lady luck was a lady good luck one, was cool no and so if you stay down there dude that's where all the real low dollar gambling is where all the real colorful freaky awesome homeless yeah, are and all the in oh yeah but fuck it uh and scared. all the cool rad concerts like out there <laughs> under that that canopy you know they have cool concerts yeah, out the, there the whole you can buy a whole strip is called Fremont Street. Fremont, Fremont Street. Street. There you go. That's and what I'm trying to think of. Yeah. And um you can buy giant beers for pretty cheap and hot dogs cuz you know I love hot dogs. Uh all that's all that's you just get in a fight. Uh, you can find a whole bunch of people mad dogging you. Yeah, yeah, totally. I oh, mean, totally. you know, totally. you can fight someone or just get jumped by bombs. Like who knows? It's always a good That's time. about as that's about as close to the Mardi Gras you're going to find in the, outside of Louisiana. I do. I like <laughs> yeah. I like Fremont Street way better than i like the strip i guess you got a point yeah, yeah. i agree i'm with you on that's that. my style yeah. that's my style my my punk rock kind of like gutter punk style like i, I like that and you can just you know yeah. you, you don't have to dress up i feel like there's pressure to dress up 
and be all like bougie when you're in Vegas. I don't, but uh, everyone else seems to. Like there's kind of that, there's that, oh, you know, I'm going to wear my nice shirt and tuck it in and all that. And I don't like that at all. Like, dude, I want to wear fucking board shorts and flip flops and a, and a tank top while I'm carrying a giant uh, goblet of beer. And that's Four much more margarita. Yeah. Yeah. Or margarita or one of those like big yard shaped, colorful sugar drinks, you know, Walk in there like the uh, Griswolds or, or uh, Eddie Griswold. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That sort of thing, <laughs> like cousin Eddie. Cousin I just want to be Nick Papa Giorgio. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We well, you know. For, hey, so let me ask you, Derek. You going just for the weekend? Friday, Saturday, come home Sunday thing. Yep, what are you doing? Yep, just fi- Friday, Saturday, come home Sunday. Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you guys going to rent a golf little... cart? I was say, well, do me a favor. Just... No, no golf cart. Yeah. You, you need a favor, Rick. <laughs> Oh no! I was gonna say just that. Do me a favor, run a golf oh, cart. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, have a good time, boy. <laughs> I know, man. Jeez, that was so. That much was a fun. good. That was a good time. Yeah, right it was. There, uh, well, for some people, it wasn't. If you're the driver with six of you fools on the back of it, it wasn't fun at all. I'll tell you the truth. That's what you get for not <laughs> Especially drinking with Chrissy Bobrick. No, I, that's true. And I think it was either Brian Ma or Chris Bobrick who just kept screaming in my ear at high pitch the whole time. That was that was Chris. I was just so. Was, okay, that sounds like it. Yeah. But yeah, I just remember being so mad, dude. I was just, oh, man. <laughs> you did. Well, and I remember he kept reaching over you and honking the horn the whole time, too. So he was just laying on the horn and you kept pushing him away and just like, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember. And then I kept, the only way to turn the horn off is to turn the key off. Yeah. So I remember <laughs> I just pulled over, turned the key off, and walked away for a while. I was like, screw you guys. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And I was driving the other one, but I don't remember who was slamming my horn because I know it wasn't me because I don't do that kind of shit. Remember, really, we got everyone honking, I'm like all the cars in the area and all that. We started one of these gi- just gigantic honk fests. We, we had at least like 50 cars honking on that street. It was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> it was in the middle of the day, too. It wasn't even at nighttime. It was like 2 o'clock on a Wednesday or some shit like that. Uh, oh, and man. just every car on that fucking strip was honking. It and, was And you know hilarious. some guy was yeah. standing out in front of the Barbary Coast smoking a cigarette going... Yeah, that's that's <laughs> Vegas. This is why I hang out by This the is why I stand out here on the sidewalk and smoke a cigarette. You never know what you're going to see. You never know. What you're a gaggle see. of idiots honking their horns in golf carts. Like, all right. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. And that, you know what? That wasn't the spur of the moment five o'clock in the morning thing we did, right, Mike? Uh, or was it? That was. Uh, wasn't it? Was that that trip, Derek? Yeah. That was that one? Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we were part of it. was because I came up later. Yeah. That's when you were begging me, Rick. You beg, you called me up and you were begging me to oh, go. Oh, because remember that? I don't think you do. Yeah, I mean that was because uh, Tup's never been to Vegas or something like that, and so I was like, yeah. "You gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go, man. Let's go." <laughs> well, we went up that night. Remember, we were up at my mom's. We told the story before, but you and I and Tup's and Bob Rick were all in my mom's garage, uh, staying up all night partying. Yes. And yes. Sometime near dawn uh it came out that tups had never been to vegas so we were just like uh well we need to fix that like now and ricky's always down for a good time and i just got a big commission check and i offered to pay for everything and rick's like let's fucking go i'll drive and uh tups was down i was down rick was down chris was not down he wanted to be dropped off at home on the way so we told him yeah no problem at all we'll drop you off on the way we got in the truck he fell asleep and then he woke up at state line and we kidnapped him and he, he had to come out to Vegas with us. Uh, oh, that was great. That was, <laughs> that was pretty great. And um, uh, that was an incredible trip. And then, yeah, so at some point on the way up there, or once we got there or whatever, Ricky, you called Derek and begged him to come out. And, and Derek yeah, and that's when him and Ma came and out. And made the drive. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Me and Ma came down, and that's right. And and I was, I just remember I was like, there's got to be like a, you must have had a side bet going like, oh, can you get Derek out here? Yes or no? Um, because, <laughs> yeah, you were, you were asking me pretty intensely there. And, I, and you don't drink. I don't even think you were drunk. No, when, when I go to Vegas, when I go to Vegas, Ricky's a different man, man. Uh, I'll tell you. I, I do love my Vegas drinking. I do. Do you really? You didn't well, drink on that trip. On that trip, I didn't because you guys made me drive the entire trip, fuckers. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I had to drive everything. We in. needed a chauffeur. <laughs> yeah, I, we, well, next I appreciate time we you get getting me to go up there. Yeah, hey, we should all do it again yeah. is what I'm saying. If I would have right known now. you were making this trip right here, Derek, I would have made plans for this one, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I just didn't even think about it. To oh, be wait, with wait. You, but, uh, uh, so Rick, Derek is officially yeah. begging you to make the drive. Please. Come on, bro. Drive out there, man. Hey, you know what? I would, Come but on. next weekend's already promised, my friend. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah. no. Oh, dude. No, beg That's him, weak. Derek. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Come on, Rick. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Rick, Rick, you know I don't beg. You this know? is what you said, too. Rick, you know I don't beg. You know I don't beg. <laughs> but, but I'm begging you now, man. <laughs> Rick, if we feel all Please, bad, Rick. I have to admit, I'm dude, begging I'm you. To, I'm getting I'm sentimental begging. here. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh, he's gonna start crying. Don't cry, Rick. <laughs> Don't well, cry. Go ahead and cry if you if your body needs to feel it. <laughs> oh my god! You know what? You, you should cry on your way to Vegas. That's what you should do. Mike, you should come out too. Ah, uh, no, I can't do it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Beg him, Derek. Beg him. <laughs> Just come. God, I would Please. love to. I would love that, dude. It would be so fun, especially with Tups and John and you and Finger. Oh, dude, oh, we would have oh to get Ma gosh. though. We would have to just fucking. Oh, yeah. Ma would do it too. Dude. He's 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 still fucking cool. He would totally do it. You know what, guys? We could totally make this happen. We just tell our wives they get on board quick anyway. They're going to go do their thing while we go do our thing. We can make this happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not how yeah. it would work. Come on, Mike. <laughs> nah. But, but my on. wife would love to. It's the reality of we have two babies and we can't bring them and we can't leave them. So, that's true. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Uh, yeah, you that would can't. not happen. Yeah. She'd be like, yeah, yeah but sounds you know great. How do yeah. you see that happening? I go. I, don't know. I see. I see. I, don't have a plan. I see it happening by next summer. We plan it and put it in the calendar for next summer. And uh, then your your parents. I think honestly, yeah. once the wife and I are able to actually like um, leave the boys with a, a sitter, like for a day or two or a night or two, um, we are absolutely flying to Jamaica and doing full blown like all inclusive resort. We've we've already we've already kind of edged it in. We're like as soon as we can get away for like one 24 hour period, we are flying to Jamaica. Invite all your bros. <laughs> yeah, dude, we'll, we'll tell you guys. We'll beg you to meet us there. Just like, come on, dude. Bro. Or or we'll just show up and we'll just be like, "Hey, Mike." What a coincidence, man. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hey, red stripe. I know that you only got 24 hours, but yeah. We're here. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, Mike. You should <laughs> be stoked, honestly. Oh, I know she would. You know, because the uh, way we've talked about this is all-inclusive resorts are the greatest thing on the planet. Um, it's the coolest way to vacation, but always the main thing lacking is friends. Yep. And it's so fun to be there with your wife. We have a great time. All that's great. And she'd be the first one to tell you, like, what we really need on this incredible all-alcohol, all-experience-included dream vacation is some homies. Like, we need yeah. some friends to enjoy this with, and that would be fantastic. We need mm -hmm. to swoop up on that sauna with our crew. Shoot. Just descend upon Ooh. the buffet. <laughs> and in Jamaica is definitely on our do because we got a, that's our original honeymoon my wife and I so yeah. 
we had the greatest time ever in Jamaica. And we now we're going back on every 10 year anniversary we get, but we'll nice. go back again. When we end deal. If you give me a six month notice, I'm sure I can make something happen there, Captain. So wow. go to, I would love to go to Jamaica. Yeah, it's it's dude. We've been to a lot of places, several all inclusive resorts, and traveled a good amount. And Jamaica is still our favorite place we've Us ever too. been to. Us too, amen, brother. Yeah, we stayed in the yeah, grill. Never been. About, I want to go. Oh man, beautiful place. It's it's just the people are so cool. The place is beautiful. The resorts are incredible. Um, you, you know, you might get kidnapped and held for ransom, but. Aside yeah, from that, valuable, it's like dude. a fantastic place to be. <laughs> well, same thing in Cancun. I mean, yeah. Anywhere. Shoot. Yeah. Like if yeah, you anywhere. make it to the resort from the airport, you're fine, usually. Yeah. And, yeah, and vice totally. versa. Yeah. And vice versa. As long as you come home with Jamaica. two kidneys, you're good to go, man. Two kidney count. That's all. There you go. Yeah, it's a win. Yeah. Anytime you come back with all your organs, it's it's a win. Chalk it up. That's a true vacation. <laughs> Hey, dude, I wanted to ask you, Derek, and Ricky, I'm really glad you're here to uh, chime in on this. Um, did you guys watch the Academy Awards last weekend at all? Yes, I sure did. I know where you're going, buddy. Absolutely. Wow. Derek, did you watch that? Are you? I didn't. I, I wasn't watching it live, but I saw the pinnacle okay. moment. So I, I watched it live. I didn't see the moment uh, live because we pieced it together, but I watched it on YouTube the next day, and fucking wow, dude. Um, I, shit, dude, that's, that's what I was testing. If we can play audio or whatever on the show, I wanted to play that clip of, uh, of when Will Smith came up on the stage and slapped Chris Rock in the face. And then like, that was nuts. And then, yeah. but what he was yelling afterwards when he sat back down in his seat in the audience at the fucking Academy Awards was insane, dude. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it sure friggin' was. I'll tell you what, dude, right? I lost yeah. All respect for Will Smith, dude. That guy's a piece of shit, dude. Yeah, that I mean, was... I'll tell you what, though. I'm Here, I'm going to play it for you real quick. You ready? Let's see yeah. if you can hear it. You know who's got can you guys hear this? Job tonight? Uh, yeah. Bardem and his wife are both nominated. So, yeah, now Chris Rock's just doing his basic loses. little cheesy Oscars jokes. He can't win! <laughs> and here comes the, the fire. Bald joke. <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, Will Smith's walking up to the stage. Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. <laughs> he handled he's still, it like a champ. still funny. He handled it like a champ. Like a champ. And then this wow, part. Wow, dude. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth! I'm going to, okay? <laughs> oh, okay. That was the greatest night in the history of television. Dude. <laughs> Comedy's that, gone. You can't have comedy anymore. That was nuts, dude. Yeah, you know like, what's crazy, dude? Is Chris Rock, dude. That guy deserved an Oscar alone just for that, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he should oh, dude. He should have had Will Smith arrested and be like, hey, thanks for the 100 million witnesses you gave me. Now I'll be having 50 million of your dollars in my pocket tomorrow. Well, you know? So, damn. And as far as yeah. I know, I think Chris Rock decided not to press charges. Um, probably the classy th 
thing to do. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know, dude. The embarrassment of having a man walk up and slap you in the face on stage in front of that many people in an event like that is, that's pretty, uh, man. But he handled it like a champ. I mean, he made a joke out of it, and then he kept on going with the show. But you can see he was like visibly like, "What the fuck do we do right here?" And he looked off to the side of the stage like, "Uh." Are we just going to go? Like, we're just going to keep going here and went on like a yeah, pro. Was security. What you know? Yeah. And then he won an, and then Will Smith won an Oscar. He won the best actor award. Not long then, after that. 30 minutes later. And then yeah. he took home, he well, took Ru- home a trophy of his wife. A trophy of his wife. <laughs> oh, oh, cause Oscar's oh, Oscar's it's bald, a, the bald, the bald Oscar. Oh, <laughs> I man. love it. You know, that, that, if I was a low Rock, blow, but hey, you know, dude, you better watch out. Will Smith's gonna come slap the shit out of you, dude. <laughs> yeah, no. Hey, you guys know what Chris Rock has on his face now? What? No, Fresh Prince. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Rick with the one. jokes, that's man. Hey, but this you know, what? I did see something on Facebook earlier that somebody already wrote the new song. It says, uh, "Got a." Uh, uh, got in one little fight and my mom got scared. He said, you can't sl- slap Chris Rock because your wife's got no hair. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Dude, and then I heard, like, my wife My wife told me later, she goes, you know that uh, Jada, Will's wife, is, like, has some condition that keeps her hair from growing or has some sort of, like, a, I don't know, some sort of a thing, a reason why she's bald. And uh, she goes, so that's probably why he got so pissed off about it. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. But it looked to me like in the moment, as soon as Chris Rock made the G.I. Jane joke, it cut immediately to Will and his wife, and she was not laughing. She was very, like, not cool with it. But in the in the moment, right after he said it, Will was busting up, all smiles, like, ha, 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 ha. And then the camera cuts back to Chris Rock, and then, and then he goes, oh, uh-oh, like, Will's walking up to the stage. So I think what happened is Chris Rock made the joke, Will lift. Will Will Smith just like reacted well laughing at the joke and then he looked over and saw his wife was not having it and then decided like uh well you used to be with Tupac so I should probably get a little gangster here and got out of his seat and started just walking up there uh I bet it was even one of those things where he started walking up there before he really even knew what he was going to do you know like yeah, he was so pissed I have to do something just I'm just going to start walking up yeah. to the stage and on his way up there he just decided to crack i'm just gonna slap him in the face and then didn't say a word just turned around and walked back to his chair and then dude the part that was gnarliest to me was when he yelled keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth like that's pretty ghetto dude to be yelling from the crowd in front of everybody at the oscars right so you're telling me you're gonna be you you expect that not to happen when you're a huge star going after an Oscar, sitting in the front row with a wife as famous as she is, with a comedian doing a presentation to the people in the front row. You're not going to expect a little bit of friggin', you know, roasting. That happens all the time. Like, did, did you see the one where Ricky Gervais hosted? I don't know if it was a couple years ago or whatever, but Ricky Gervais was asked to host, and his entire fucking evening was just ripping on people in the crowd. Like... In a very <laughs> brutal way, dude. Like, not nice little lighthearted jabs, but he was fucking gnarly, dude. Big time. Yeah. yeah. He was Hilarious. He, it, if somebody, yeah, he was offensive. <laughs> now, you want to hear the, cons- you want a conspiracy? Oh, oh, there's a conspiracy oh. here. Anybody want a conspiracy oh, here? I'm I got a conspiracy. Here. Yeah, here we go. All I right. Got conspiracy okay. theories. Okay. Jada Smith's condition, I forgot what it's called. Alopecia. But, 
It's called okay. Smack the Hair Off Your Head. You should. The, the Oscars <laughs> were, were uh, um, uh, who was the sponsor was Pfizer. Okay. Pfizer's creating a pill for that condition. Uh-huh. Believe it or not. You think this was a publicity stunt? Pushing no, I, Pfizer bald drugs? Personally, I don't. No, I don't. What? I don't believe this conspiracy. <laughs> All right. But like I said, my job isn't to get you to believe it oh, or not believe the conspiracy. I got you. I got you. I you're not, you're you not you promoting opinion. Platter. You're just saying this This exists. So, that's that's the conspiracy. There, I'm just telling you there is a conspiracy wow. about that. That, that they, they raised awareness for that condition okay. because they're making a pill for it. So like after he slaps Chris Rock, a little ad pops up at the bottom Brought, like, brought to you. ask your doctor if uh, get your hair back is right for you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Folliclesia. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Man. So there it is. All right. All right. All right. That's a theory. Yeah, why not? Yeah, no, I'm not into it. I don't believe in this one. I don't believe in this one, but you hey, know, it's your, hey, it's, you're just a reporter. For, don't, uh, I'm just, don't kill the messenger. Yeah. Right. Right. You know what, you know, what <laughs> even bothers me about this whole thing too, is I don't know anything about anything really. I'm just hearing this by second, third hand information really, but I, that, I heard of that's always rumor. good and reliable. Exactly. But whatever happened, I guess Jada Pickett Smith is known for cheating on Will Smith a couple of times too. You know, oh. so oh, they have an open relationship. Oh, an open no, they, relationship. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I know. I know somebody who know who's dating an actress. I'm not going to name any names here. And supposedly they have a totally open relationship. Supposedly, Jada slept with her son's friend. Ah, huh. all right. Yeah, and it must have been recent, right? Because her son's not that old. I mean, he's what? Is he eighteen even? Uh, no, I, don't I don't know. know. I mean, he was doing the Karate Kid not that long ago, and he was certainly a kid, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, huh. no kidding. No all kidding. right, they have an open relationship. Well, and there's a meme going around saying that uh, uh, Chris Rock smoothed things over. Oh no, I think it was a Babylon Bee article. Chris Rock smoothed things over by having sex with his wife. <laughs> Man. So I guess I guess you could bang Will Smith's wife, just don't call her bald. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a lesson. <laughs> well well, how do you feel about this, Derek? Like, okay, so a lot of people have have jumped on board with against Chris Rock saying like, dude, it's just not right to make fun of someone who lost their hair. It's not right. She has a condition. You can't make fun of someone for being bald. But guys have been cracked on for baldness, like, forever. It's one of the most funny things you can do to a bald guy is make fun of baldness. <laughs> Amen. And Derek, as a as a previously bald man, how do you feel about this? Do you feel like this is, uh, um, you know, kind of like, uh, uh, what, what, what am I going for? Um, like a, a double, on, when I, you know what I mean? Like, hey, it's, 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 no, it's, no, it's okay I, to make fun of bald guys, but not okay for to make fun of bald women. Well, I mean, so I'm asking you as a bald representative. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the scenario is a little bit different, right? I mean, the, the saying in comedy is that you, you can punch up, but you can't punch down. And, and I, I have to say in this case, yeah, he's punching down here, right? Cause she doesn't really have any choice about being bald or not. So it's a little, it's a little bit of a tasteless joke, Yeah, you know, it yeah. is, uh, but you know, then, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. Um, 
So like you can't you can't you can't just go and like smack somebody in the face for you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I guess uh, in retrospect, I'm sure the high road would have been like to not really do anything, but later on release a statement like, "Hey, we really weren't too happy about Chris Rock's joke. That's fucked up. She's got a condition." Um, so that would have made Chris Rock look like a huge piece of shit. Um, yeah. but the fact that Will Smith walked on stage, smacked him, and then yelled and cussed at him from his chair in the audience made will smith look so bad that uh that joke it overshadowed bad, the bad exactly. joke yeah yeah uh yeah dude, I, yeah i mean oh. yeah. <laughs> you think he's ever going to work again you know what i mean do you think companies are going to hire will smith to do children's movies i mean he was just the genie in the new version of aladdin right and right. uh you know what i mean is i don't know that disney is going to be knocking on his door anytime soon do you think other companies will be hiring you him after that? Really, that was like really I, gross i really hope he doesn't man i really I, I lost like i said i lost a lot if not all of respect for will smith and tell you what like chris rock he took it like a champion but if i was him i would have said two things right after that slap is one my lawyers will be talking to you tomorrow and two jada <laughs> i'm not watching gi jane 2 no more fuck you guys <laughs> that would have been a funny retort just be like okay you know what that's one less viewer for gi jane 2 i'm not watching it now i'm not doing it yeah that would have that would have been a funny comeback see that's why you're that's why you're the joke man but i right? should have done the oscars hosting i should have and i'll, I'll you should have this route, dude what if he made that joke and tom hanks was the the victim you know that he would have been arrested for a hate crime for slapping you know what i mean so, oh, if Will Smith went up and slapped Tom it, Hanks? Or, or no, like, let's say Rock was heckling Tom Hanks' wife, and Tom Hanks went up there and did that, he'd be arrested in two oh, states. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. So, like, everyone's shocked because Will Smith is, yeah, he seems like such a nice guy. I mean, he's, you know, Aladdin, and he's Fresh Prince. Like, we're so surprised that he got ghetto and hit a guy. But if Tom Hanks would have went up and slapped a dude and then yelled, don't talk about my fucking wife from the audience... I think our entire planet would just explode <laughs> right? with shock. Like, yeah. he's such a nice guy that you would just be like, jaw literally <laughs> fell on the floor. We would all just, we would all just, I don't know, dude. Wow. I right. think we would all implode and if I'll Tom Hanks you, did that. And I'll tell you what, to be honest, dude, before last Sunday happened, I had the same respect for Will Smith as I did Tom Hanks. I thought he was the coolest guy ever. You know what I mean? Oh, you but, had him on Tom Hanks level? Oh, wow. Well, wow. I Tom mean, Hanks far, is on a pedestal like, of his own. No, I'm just saying, like, respect level as an actor of a guy, I would go to the movies and pay my own money to go see his movie. Yeah, yeah no, I, I was a fan, too. I was really liked Will Smith. And I, 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 I honestly, my opinion is I don't think that he should never work again. I think he should be totally free to work. Um, I don't think I'm super into him as a personality, but I'd see a movie he made, maybe. Um, but I think he should I be able pay, to work. I, I don't like cancel <laughs> culture. Like, you should never work again because you've made a huge mistake. I think you should be able to do whatever you want. And if people aren't really into you, then you'll just have less viewers. Um, but I think studios will certainly, for for a certain amount of time, studios will think twice about hiring him. You know, I'm sure he's a liability they're going to want to distance themselves from soon. They're going to be taking surveys. Hey, dude, to see if people still yeah. like him. Like, yeah. Hey, do you still like Will Smith? Hey, would you watch put... Will Smith in a uh, in a new Disney film? Uh, he doesn't smack anybody. Promise. No, I'll tell you one thing. He lost Disney forever. Oh That's yeah, for sure. he'll never be doing I, I kid guarantee. stuff again. I'm sure. But dude, like he's yeah, even doing only, that new yeah. Fresh Prince series. Have you heard about that? Like they're revamping the Fresh Prince, and a lot of the original actors yeah. from the show are coming back to do it. Not not uh, Uncle Phil, obviously, but. <laughs> Uh, a lot of the original Obviously. actors are coming back to do it, and are they still going to do it? 
Right. Yeah. You know, that's a great question. And not only that, what do you think the over under is that he even gets invited back to next year's Oscars? Well, so you know I, mean? I, I heard um, the there was a representative from the Academy, whatever that is, but the the actors group of um, board director peeps were basically debating okay. exactly that. So they, they had some kind of cool feedback. I guess there's all these representatives in the audience at the time of the Oscars, and they all talk to each other through headsets that are there. They're there to kind of, um, I don't know, uh, coordinate ideas or whatever, but they're all sitting in seats in the audience spread out around. And when this happened, they were talking to each other like, what do we do? Do we shut it down? Do we drag Will Smith out of here with security? Or like, how do we react to this thing that's never happened? And they couldn't really get their shit together to have a cohesive plan of what to do or how to react. And then next thing you know, Will Smith's winning the best Oscar acts, uh, uh, Oscar, and he's up there giving a speech. And they're in the background just going like, what in the fuck is going on here? Like, dude, this can't be happening. But they had no, they had no like coordinated response. They were all just caught with their pants down. And now they're reviewing all that. Like, we need to have systems in place for something like this. Um, he should, I, I, and apparently they asked Will Smith to leave the, leave the show and he refused and what? They, yeah. So apparently he was asked by the Academy to leave and he refused and that was it. They didn't like forcibly remove him. They didn't know how to react to that. So he stayed, finished the whole show and then even went and partied it up at like the after party privilege. Where, uh, <laughs> yeah. But now, the, now privilege. the, now the Academy board people are all debating like what should our response be like should we punish him and if we punish him like what do we do do we suspend him from the academy do we permanently ban him from the academy do we take his oscar back do we just they don't know what to do they're all trying to figure out how they can respond to this and not be looked at as you know weak or i don't know they're trying to figure out like what the fuck do we do here because no one knows I think what to do they're just looking at the public outcry. Oh yeah, probably. yeah. No, it's they're all CYA. Let's see what what's what's the crowd telling us to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, what do they demand from what us? What's do? the minimal response yeah. that will get everyone off our back? How do we deflect? You know what? Bad I, attention from ourselves. I think I got the answer to that, dude. I got the answer to that. Of dude. course you do. And if, if Will Smith wants to be back in the human eye, it, it'll definitely will take a lot of time to get over this for sure. But to make it immediate restitution, he should give back that Oscar and give Chris Rock like fifty million dollars, dude. You know. Oh. For public humility alone, dude. Huh. Yeah, so I think that would go a long way to start, you know, because he's I think you're right about that, giving, yeah. I think not that Will Smith deserves another Oscar, dude, for 30 years of making people believe he's a good guy. Dude. Oh, <laughs> zing. <laughs> yeah, dude, screw Will Smith. That guy sucks. Wow. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have to admit, I lost all, all respect, dude. All respect. Yeah. You know, uh, I agree. But part of me feels bad for Will Smith. I feel like it was a a knee-jerk reaction and a reactionary response that he didn't think through. And I, I feel like, as someone who has done things that I regretted later, I feel like it might have been one of those things where he didn't even realize what he was doing while he was doing it. And the next thing you know, oh, my God, what did I just do? And then uh, and now he's faced with the aftermath. I don't know, though, because then he was seen, like, partying it up at the after party and all that kind of stuff. So maybe he is not remorseful. Maybe he really is just a piece of shit. Well, what about the the dynamic of this open relationship? Like, to me, that is just bizarre. Like, uh, Megan and I have talked about this, and it's just like, let's be honest. Nobody wants an open relationship. Like You and your wife talk about that? That must be a pretty guarded conversation. (laughs) Like, hey, honey, what do you think about this? Uh, No, I'm not saying that we think think about it. Are you cool with it? (laughs) <laughs> well, no, no, no. 
No, but nobody wants an open <laughs> relationship, right? And so one of them, one of them wanted an open relationship, which, and then the other one's lying, yeah. Who saying like, oh, I was an open relationship. That's cool. Who you know, proposes that, that plan? Yeah, no, no, no two people together are going to be like, yeah, an open relationship sounds good for us. Like, no. okay, on the count of three, you say what you're thinking. One, two, three. Let's fuck other people. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. That's fantastic. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a it's a lie. And I think, and if I was going to guess, I would say that she is the one that's in control and she is the one that probably wants the open relationship. He is probably living furious about it nonstop day after day. At least, I mean, I know I would be if oh, I was in that situation. I gotcha. Like I'm not living with, so he's probably furious living in with that. Like, I can't stand to see her with other people. But meanwhile, you know, if it's true, if that rumor was true that I heard, she's like fucking his, her son's friends. Um, man, how horrible is that shit? But, you know, so he probably has some pent up anger regarding that. But ne either way, she's like majorly in control. And like you said, you know, you summed it up about what was actually happening when that joke got told. Yeah. He started laughing, looked over at her. She did not find it funny. She's the boss. She's the queen bee in that relationship. She's the ruler and leader in that relationship. And then he is in love and he's a fool in that relationship, it seems mm -hmm. like. And, you know, he went up to Defender and smacked him in the face uncontrollably. Couldn't even control his own uh, actions in yeah. that situation. So, yeah. I don't know. It seems like uh, she's she's the uh, the leader and she's the one on top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I I just hope that uh, yeah, I just hope the guy Will Smith does not get away from this scot free, dude. He needs to be some kind of discipline and badly, well, you know, well, in my the, opinion. The academy peeps are definitely they they they're kind of like debating like what should we do, not should we do anything. So they're going to have to do something. And um okay. I don't know what does that even look like, dude, if an actor is banned from the academy. You can still make movies, right? You just can't win academy awards. Is that Exactly it's right. Not like you're kicked yeah, out of the sure. union like SAG AFTRA, you can still make movies. You just aren't going to win think, an award for it, right? Know. You'd be like Leonardo it's DiCaprio. All, yeah, it's all the same club, if you ask me. It's uh, who all gives the same a shit? Club. I mean, he, he's he's richer than shit. He just won a best best actor Oscar, if that's really what you care about. Uh, so I was like, oh, I can't win any more little uh, bald statues. Like I've already got my bald statue over here. I'm I'm good, and uh, my wife's a bald statue also. <laughs> <laughs> he should just give it back that would be the best yeah you know just just preemptively give it back well that would say, mean that know. he's remorseful and i haven't heard or seen anything yeah. to indicate that he is like he apologized to chris rock oh he did, did he? a public oh apology. okay okay yeah. all right but i mean when you have days to, to form this apology like you know come on yeah, yeah, someone else write it for you. And then you can kind of feel uh, like in the uh in the in the apology statement, sometimes you can feel like, is this really real or is it just PR uh stuff? I mean, if someone really wants to apologize, uh, did you hear when Joe Rogan apologized or addressed uh the huge backlash after having those interviews with um uh those two doctors? Carlos Mencia? No, no, no. He had oh, interviews with Peter like McCullough. controversial COVID doctors who had who had and unpopular opinions um on covid oh no and then people like freaked out dude and started like canceling spotify on the mass and spotify lost shitloads of subscribers and it was this big deal and joe rogan was under big time fire and he came out with a video did you ever see his apology derek no oh yeah i it, did uh-huh it, it yep. wasn't so much an apology i mean it was actually because he did apologize yeah. but it was really just like hey everybody i'm really sorry if you're offended over this like i never intended to um 
you know, piss people off by having controversial people on my show. I just like talking to people, and my whole show is about having conversations, and I'm really sorry if that offended you. I'm really not trying to be offensive, and I will I will genuinely try to be better at it in the future. Like, he was all accountability, um, all apologies, and it was a really sincere apology versus some people who just release statements like, I regret that the incident took yeah. place, you know, like super robotic. Um, yeah, you're right. He recorded it at the time. And it was just and like him was, in his backyard so on his phone or something. Like he was just like, dude, I'm fucking sorry. This guy didn't nuts. have it scripted out. Yeah, no, and like it was it, super cool. And if and if you're getting medical advice from me too, you should question your life. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right? Like you know, seriously, like, I, like I'm yeah. who you're turning to for medical information. Like I'm a fucking meathead. He'll be the first one to call himself a meathead and shit. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> it's an example of how to apologize and own something. Uh, I didn't hear Will Smith's apology, so maybe it was sincere. I don't know. I'm just saying a lot of you times know, those I, statement apologies are bullshit. Right. You know, and I didn't, I didn't hear no apology either. When he, when uh, Will Smith got his acceptance speech for the Oscar, he apologized to the Academy and to the people, but he never apologized once to, to Chris Rock. Oh, he did? You know, so not at all. But he did apologize to the Academy saying, I just always try to be a vessel of love and I don't ever condone violence, really. You know, like, what was he getting? I'm so like, sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Was he crying and stuff and getting all like emotional? Yeah, in speech? yeah. Oh, was, I didn't hear it. Yeah, he was all teary eyed. He was all teary eyed and emotional. Huh. You know, and then so, somebody came out right afterwards saying now he has a huge anger management issue that he's working on and blah, 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 blah. Huh. So I don't know, but still, yeah. uh, you can yell out from the seat and be stupid all you want, but once you go up there and assault him on the biggest stage, other than the Super Bowl, you got problems, dude. Yeah, you, you know, and you got yeah. you got to answer for it, dude. You got to answer for it. Have, I agree. Have dude. either of you ever been slapped in the face by a man? Well, I thought no. she was a woman. No, okay. good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! One time in TJ. Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 I've never been uh, slapped in the, have you? Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't really a man. It was in school and I think it was junior high. So like seventh or eighth grade, there was a, uh, a boy named Jimmy and I forget his last name. I probably shouldn't say it anyway, <laughs> even if I could remember, but I don't remember it. He was a cool guy. We were friends. We, we weren't like really, really tight friends, but we were in the same class. So we were friends or acquaintances or we knew each other. Right. And we were sitting across from each other at the lunch table, having lunch. And I was being a dick and I was making fun of his mom, I think, like your mama jokes, like being an asshole, <laughs> but in a stupid kid way, you know? So I was like making fun, talking shit, making fun of his mom, like for a long time, I think. And he just had enough and he stood up in his seat. I was still sitting and he stood up in his seat and just slapped me across the face. And I was fucking shocked. I was just like, ow, one, that fucking hurt. And then two... Uh, I totally deserve that. And like, I instantly felt bad for going on him so long. Like, you know, when you're boys, like you make fun of each other's mom, you talk shit a lot anyway. And I just took it too far. Of course. I just took it too far. I really uh -huh. did. And too long and whatever. And he had enough smack me across the face. And, uh, <laughs> I don't remember exactly what my reaction was, but it was essentially like, oh dude, I'm sorry. I fucking, uh, I should have reined that in kind of thing. And then we went on as like friends, like it was fine. I didn't fight him or anything i didn't hold a grudge like i just went like yeah you're right i probably probably went too far there your mom's an all right gal <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes sometimes and, uh, you don't have a, a leg to stand on you oh i didn't back, no no you know? no it was, yeah. he was definitely in the right i deserve to get smacked and he cracked me one and uh yeah. so I, I guess you i guess you could say he slapped you silly huh <laughs> uh he slapped me straight 
Oh, there you go. Slap you straight. I was out of line. Yeah, he smacked me back into line, and everything was cool. Yeah, he 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 slapped cool. the world back into focus. So, did you carry that big old handprint on your face for the next hour or two? Fuck, probably. He hit me hard, dude. <laughs> was it an open hand or was it? Yeah, a yeah, back no, slap? full blown open hand, like with the palm of his hand, like slap me with his right hand across my face, like full blown, <laughs> full blown bitch slap. I guess he was scared to punch. Huh? Probably uh, he was like, I don't uh, know. you know, I don't know. Yeah, why he didn't well, just slug me in the mouth? Well, when you're a kid and you you watch the movies all your life and you think that when you punch somebody, it's gonna like knock him out and uh, kill him. Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> you're right. Uh, you don't you don't realize that oh it's just gonna it's yeah. just gonna punch him. You're like scared. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I guess I I was never uh, nice enough to get slapped. All mine have been closed fisted. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've been decked plenty of times, but never slapped. I've never been slapped, but I've been decked a couple times. Yeah. Oh man. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, one time, one time I got uh, socked so hard I had to eat uh, applesauce and shit for four days. Wow. Yeah, you because know, I had to wire my jaw shut. Really? Yeah, it was nuts. Was that when you were? A bouncer? Yeah, I actually, I took, I, t- I took a part-time job as a bouncer over in a oh, place yeah. in Manhattan Beach called the uh, the Kettle. I remember that. You know, and uh, at the, at that time I was working at Norm Chevron in Corona, pumping people's gas and stuff, right? So, one of my customers that came in was uh, Tank Abbott's, the UFC fighter's cousin named Dwayne, and uh, he was actually a pretty good friend of ours. And he was like, "Hey, man, you're you're a pretty big guy. You want to come over and help me out and do some bouncing in uh, Manhattan Beach?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah, that sounds awesome." Well. It was pretty awesome, but uh, there was this one night where this guy was being a dick at the bar, and it was about 1 o'clock in the morning, and my buddy's like, hey, dude, that guy's being a prick, dude. Tell him he's cut off and he's out of here, and walk him to the door. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, hey, dude, can I shut your tab, dude? You're fucking done. He's like, yeah, I fucking am, dude. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just fucking drunk, blah, 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 I'm like, it's cool. Just close out your tab. So he does. And I'm walking him to the door, and he's, like, he's still again. He's like, yeah, sorry, bro. We're just having a good time. I didn't mean to be a nuisance, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's all good, dude. And right, right when we got to the door and he's getting ready to exit, he turns around and fucking clocks me like I never had it before. Oh, you know? what a little punk. And he did, dude. He fucking he punched me so hard, I flew back about 12 feet and hit my head on the fucking wall, and I fell. Whoa. But he didn't knock oh. me out. He didn't knock me out. I remember my guys chasing him out that door, and that's all I can remember at that moment. Sucker punch. But, uh, yeah, had my... Had my jaw wired shut for four and a half days from that, dude. Wow. Yeah. So, and Man. I didn't forget about that, dude. I know exactly who the fuck that guy looks like. To to this day, I'm looking for that guy, dude. <laughs> if you <laughs> see him like in line at the bank, ago, what would you do? Oh, oh, and the, oh, I, seriously, I would. I would just tap him on the shoulder and clock the fuck out of him, dude. I will. <laughs> I, I know exactly what he looks like, dude. And I'm never forgetting that guy ever, Yo, ever, ever, me, ever, sir? ever, dude. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, I will. Shit, shit. I will go spend some jail time if I have to, dude. <laughs> uh, I will. I, I am going to find this guy one day somewhere, like you just said, lying oh. at the bank or at church. I don't care. At church. He's getting it, dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How, how do you justify a sucker punch like that? I'm trying to, like, imagine what this guy's psyche was. Like, he's like, oh, when I get to the door, I'm going to sucker punch him so hard. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's why. Like, you know what? I never once in the world even think about it coming. He was apologizing the whole way from the time I told him to the time we got to the door. So my guard was way down because yeah. I thought he was cool. Like, oh, this nope. guy, yeah, he's he's yeah. given up. He's he's submissive. Yeah. Right. And I, I had a buddy named Benji, and I had another buddy named uh, Dwayne, my my boss. I he, they came back and said they beat the fuck out of him for me, but wow. I never saw it. <laughs> You're all thanks, guys, yeah. but so, uh, it still does. It's still not right. Yeah. It's not good. No, no, no. He, he's still getting another one. And I, I kept that job for an extra three months, hoping to see that guy one time, and he, I never saw him. Wow. You Damn. know? So then yeah. I quit three months later, and that was it. Man. <laughs> 
Man. Yeah, that was a story of my life, dude, for sure. That was one punch heard around the world in my head. Dude. Yeah, that's so a gnarly one. Yeah. Wow. How about you, That's the worst I ever had it. You ever been yeah. decked like that? Yeah, I was in a fight, uh, let's see, in high school. I mean, I, I've been punched a few times, but um, probably the biggest one was in high school. And uh, these two guys next door had stolen my brother's bikes. But back ah. then, you couldn't, like, we couldn't prove it, but they just appeared <laughs> all of a sudden. And then they came back, and, like, they had far to go. So, like, it totally made sense that they stole the bikes. And I, uh -huh. I accused them. And then uh, some kid about two doors down came knocking on my door saying, hey, you want to go fight him? I'm like, yeah, okay, because there was two guys. <laughs> and then so I went out there, and I also called my friend up, James, uh, who I told him what was going to, going to go on to. And then, um, so I went out there with me and this other guy who totally cowered. Uh, and then I was the only one fighting these guys. And, um, it was in the middle of a parking lot and I mean, I'm just throwing haymakers trying to land. This guy's big. He was probably like, I probably weighed 120 yeah. at the time. And he was probably 200. Yeah. He was pretty big, so I was just swinging for for the uh, trying to knock him out, and uh, I swung too hard, too hard of a swing, and then my foot landed on some sand, and then I slid down, and um, my knee hit the ground, and I'm just on the ground, and he just decked me, and uh, yeah, my nose was like I filled up a trash can with like you know bottom inch of just blood coming out of my nose. Wow. And then uh, my friend came over and beat the shit out of him. Nice. Uh, yeah. Was oh, that had a good nice. Yeah, yes, had a good yes. ending. Yeah. <laughs> kicked his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and my so. friend came what over about, about and you, beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. And then what about you, Mike? You, you and you got your butt kicked at some warp tour or Coachella or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I've told that story before, too. I don't remember it uh, because... So I don't, I don't, I don't remember ever seeing the guys. It was Chris and I. We were acting like big dickheads to some younger, smaller kids. Um, and uh, boy, my stories don't make me look very good, but they're the truth. So it is what it is. Um, <laughs> it's your youth, man. We yeah. all learned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were, we were being dicks. We, we were drinking a bunch of hard alcohol, which neither of us really were good at drinking hard alcohol. We, we were getting all belligerent, <laughs> talking shit to some younger, smaller kids, and then we both just woke up on the floor. And um, what I think happened was two bigger guys saw us picking on these two smaller guys and just t took it upon themselves to kick the shit out of us. And I think what happened is when I was down on the ground, one of the guys kicked me in the face because um, my face fucking hurt. And uh, I don't know. That's all I know. I know uh, we were being dicks. We woke up on the floor and my face really hurt. Um, hey, better the better the face and the ass. Huh, so buddy? I think on the podcast when I told that story, Derek, at the end, I was just like, so thank you guys for teaching me a lesson um, yeah. because I was being a dick. I was out of line and these guys straightened me out. So there again, just like Jimmy cracked me one when I was making fun of his mom. Uh, lesson learned. I don't think I ever, I ever uh, went overboard making fun of someone's mom again after Jimmy slapped me. And I certainly never picked on smaller kids than me. Uh, for no reason. So, you know, along the way, I've learned my lesson. I've become a better man, and uh, I haven't come out of it with any permanent damage, so I feel pretty lucky. All right, so I guess moral of the story is when you want Mike to do something, just smack him in the face a couple of times, and they'll get done. You <laughs> and know? just smack me around, and I'll, you know, I'll clean your room for you or something. 
<laughs> I'll help you out, Mike. Yeah. I'll assist you. If you're ever doing wrong, I'll just smack you in your face. I know that works. Uh, you know, I mean, hey, hey, dude, if I'm in the wrong and someone else sets me right, I, I'll i take lesson learned. You know, I mean, I'll defend myself. Yeah. I'll fight back yeah. and everything. I'm not just going to sit there and get punched. But um, I'm not going to come back at you with like a stick or a knife or something stupid or a bunch of big friends just because you, you beat me up. If you were in the right, I'll take a beating. Yeah, you know that's that's well, what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah, sometimes you just sometimes you earn that beating. You know, yeah. sometimes you yeah. You know, well, like the just, Jimmy thing, sometimes. I deserve that, and he slapped yeah. me. And yeah, all right, uh, yeah, we can leave it there. That's fine. I'm not going to try to come back and jump you after school or something stupid. Um, the guys at Warp Tour, I never saw him, so I yeah, who, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're still looking for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, they they uh they 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 did their thing, and um uh. We well, about the, young, the younger boys. We were being the assholes. Oh, yeah, those young kids. Imagine them, dude. They're being picked on by two much bigger guys, and they're just like, oh, no, this is going to get bad. And then all of a sudden, two even bigger guys come and kick the shit out of those dudes. Those kids must have been like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the world, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. totally. Uh, good, good topic, guys. Good topic. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. Man. You guys know how to do a podcast, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh shit! Hey, how how late do you guys normally run to? On uh, we're about ready to wrap up right now. We're at two hours. We were on for a little while before you jumped on and joined us. But I'm really glad oh, that yeah, you sorry, were buddy. able to jump on, Ricky. It's always great to talk to you. Yeah. And it's fucking fun. Yeah. yeah no right. worries. I actually took a drive to find service, and I found it like two miles from my camp. So we're good. Nice. <laughs> okay. So, real quick, where are you camping at? Uh, we're in Buellton right now by Solving at a place called Flying Flags RV Resort. Oh, sounds and sounds uh, cool. yeah. it's pretty badass. You guys ever get? It's actually a nice camping lot. Like you can park a trailer all nice and comfortable. They got like uh, cement pads, but they don't have fire rings and stuff like that. You so, find some German. But food? this is this is known for like a winery town. People come up here for the yeah, wineries. They have German food over there so, too, and they're like a big German. Yeah, and Solvang. It's like a little presence. old historical German town. They got like little like pastry shops and and uh, oh yeah, every that's, that's where we're going right now. Oh, exactly. Good. We're nice. going to go have some of that for lunch today, as a matter of fact. Ooh, so, bratwurst. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. Bratwurst. Oh. Yeah. My mouth is watering there. Remember, we talked about that last yeah, time, Derek, like, at the uh, Epcot Center Taste Around the World. The Germany stop was the best. Yeah. Yeah. I, I made some bratwurst here. Recording stopped. Uh, too, not that long ago. I heard recording stop. Oh, no. Yeah, the recording stopped. Oh. Well, it's just oh, no. video, so, right? All this is like, then, then I got to go. Bye, guys. No, yeah. I think, the, uh, I think the audio... Stop. He's here to make a name for himself. He's yeah. Like, uh, I'm going to be live. Shoot. Yeah, if I'm not going to be live, I got to go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, Rick, uh, would you mind um, leaving us with your favorite joke? Progress. My favorite joke? Leave us with a joke. Well, okay. That's not my favorite. I got so many. I got like 8,000 favorite jokes. Well, we don't have but, time uh, for that. My computer's out of space. All right. The one, all right. The one well, that really, fits really for quickly. today. Yeah. Really, really quickly. There's a priest and a rabbi on top of a hill looking over a field of kids. And the priest says to the rabbi, hey, let's run down there and fuck all those kids. And the rabbi looks at him and goes, out of what? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Racist and hilarious. I love uh, it. Uh, and for the record, but uh, Rick is Jewish. So Yeah, yeah Rick, Rick is Jew Jewish, so he can yeah. make fun I'm of Jews. It's okay. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my nose is huge. Believe me. Derek, you can't <laughs> say that joke. I cannot say that joke. No, no. I'm, <laughs> but you can't make fun of all people. 
I can. Yeah. Yeah. We all got our thing. <laughs> we all got our thing. Wait, wait, wait. What's, what's the Michael thing? Uh, oh, I guess getting slapped is pretty funny. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I, I, I guess I can make fun of people who get slapped because I've been slapped. But more, I guess anything, I can, I can just be like, I can make fun of privileged white people because uh, I'm kind of a privileged white person. So I can, I can crack on <laughs> them with immunity. You can make fun of people who can't grow beards. Oh, man. <laughs> man. Oh, or, I'm sorry. Or, or, I'm sorry. Or, or you're going to smack you. me on that. You're I might smack at, you, and you deserve gonna... it, and you would have no recourse. You would just have to take it and go, yeah, that's, I, I deserve yeah, to be smacked. I, yeah, I don't know if I would have said that one in person. Keep my beard said... out your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great ending. All right, guys. Oh, Jesus. Wonderful to All talk right, to you. Thanks for joining us, Rick. Derek, you have a great rest of the day. You it's too. It's been a ton of fun, All right. fellas. All right, you too, see guys. you, Rick. Take care, bro. Later, guys. Uh, see right, you, see later, you guys. Uh, one, time, one time I got uh, socked so hard I had to eat uh, applesauce and shit for four days. Hey, this is Mike. Thanks so much for joining us. We really, really do appreciate you. And we hope you're enjoying the show. Derek and I sure have a ton of fun doing it for you. If you'd like to support the show, that would be great. Um, you could follow or subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app. Uh, also, if you want to like the show or leave a good review, that would be cool. Let us know we're doing a good job. We'd appreciate it. Uh, in most podcast apps, you can also click the little bell icon thing, and that means you'll get a notification on your phone every time we put out a new episode. So that's kind of cool. Also, if you want to reach out and say what's up, we'd love to hear from you. You can hit us up on Twitter at Derek and Mike Pod. We're also on Instagram as Derek and Mike, or you can go to our website, DerekandMike.com. And if you want to go super old school and antisocial, you could even shoot us an email, info at DerekandMike.com. Thanks again for listening. We really, really do appreciate you, and we look forward to talking to you again next time.